The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey, Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Cadillac. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal, to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the convention center, or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1. In Washington, we're on 1250, 930. We are online, pr927fm.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube, as I did yesterday. Thanks to modern technology, I watched uh, Pirate Radio Live on YouTube. You can subscribe to Pirate Radio TV on YouTube and catch this show, The Brian Bailey Show. And we dropped a new episode of Pirate Radio Trivia earlier today it's all available for you at pirate radio tv on youtube also our post practice interviews with the coaches and the players from east carolina as we get you ready for pirate football and i'm gonna have shirley and chandler uh tell me what i've missed over the last few days great to be back with you here inside the pirate radio studios for a new edition of pirate radio live coming up on today's show we'll have our weekly chat with weave billy weaver will join me i believe here in the Pirate Radio studios on this Tuesday. So we'll talk about what's going on in the world of sports with Weave a little later on this hour at 4 o'clock. We'll talk all things football with Antoine Staley. He'll join us on the Fixed NC Live line to talk college football and NFL. We'll have a hearty discussion about that at 4 o'clock. At 4.30, we'll put some ranch on it with Perry Owens, head football coach of the Washington Pam Pack. What's it like to go from the hunter to the hunt head? We'll find out. As a lot of folks say in Washington, we'll have a strong fall season, just like their spring campaign. Looking forward to Perry Owens. He's awesome to talk to. We'll check in with him at around 4.30. And at 5 o'clock, Stephen Igo hoists the colors. We'll have our Bud Light EC report. Talk about what's been going on on the practice fields as we continue to get closer to kickoff East Carolina and Appalachian State coming up Thursday, September 2nd. And is the count at 16 days now? Is that right? That is... uh, that is wild and uh it is here it is coming folks and uh, we're excited about it here at pirate radio all right uh shirley chandler good to see you folks again welcome back welcome back glad to be here we have a uh, intern yeah we actually have intern jalen jalen with us today i have not met you yet what's up jalen yeah good to see you clipper is that a washington pam pack shirt it is oh no it's max serzer Ah, national. The Nationals. Yeah, never mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait. At least we still have him. No, uh, wait, shouldn't you get a Dodgers Max Scherzer shirt? Or Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of Steven Strasburg. <laughs> All right. I do want to talk baseball because I think when I left town, the Braves were like four games back, and now they're a game and a half up in the NL East. We'll get to that momentarily. But, uh, guys, let's talk about uh, what I've missed. I know I missed a great 
uh, Pirate Radio Live on Monday, the Players' Lounge, the debut, and I, I, I missed it in the way that I wasn't here physically, but I was able to check it out on YouTube. And, man, it was really cool to hear from Holden Aylers, DJ Ford, Rajay Harris, uh, Tyler Sneed, Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, C.J. Johnson, and uh, those guys were great yesterday getting to know them. Yeah, it was it was fun having them in the studio for the first time. The uh, the kickoff to our Players' Lounge edition on Monday. And uh, the guys, I think they had a good time being in here, getting away from the practice field, being able to talk about themselves, what they like to do off the football field. Um, and, uh, you know, at, at first I could kind of tell they were – you know, kind of shy in front of the camera, behind the mic. But as the conversation, Troy did a good job of, you know, leading those guys through the conversation. And you can see them getting, uh, you know, more comfortable. And uh, But, yeah, it was fun to get to know them yesterday and, uh, and get a little inside scoop uh, from the football field. Uh, some are shy. Xavier Smith, not one of them. No, those. he's not great personality maybe he has a future in radio he could he's uh he's I got heard. a great voice he does he's got a great voice he's got a good sense of humor uh big fan of xavier smith um and look it, everything's great right now august really is sneaky like best sports month because you are you know your expectations are high for your team they haven't lost a game yet so everything's good everything's positive you can uh, you can twist your brain into thinking your team can win a championship this year, but then Chandler week one when Sam Darnold throws the second interception, reality hits. When Tua stinks, reality's going to hit, Shirley. Oh, shoot. Reality hits before the first game. What are you <laughs> talking if about? If re- you're a Dolphins fan, reality has hit like in game two of the preseason. What if it was reverse where you had low expectations? Well, and you then- don't, though. No, you always have high expectations, just like There's you do with days the Washington football team when you head into every season. There's yeah. some days I have high expectations. There's some that I have low expectations. Unless you're a Dolphins fan, which you have no expectations. Jalen, you have a favorite? Does he have a favorite NFL team? NFL. What do you say? NFL. What you got? Who's your favorite Carolina team? Carolina Panthers. You're a Panthers guy. What are your expectations this year? Um. Let's get Jalen right on the mic. I like it. Just 17 games yeah. season. I'm hoping to go over 500 this year, at least. At least a couple games over 500. Nine and eight, 10 and seven. Is that realistic? I hope. I think so in that division. The Falcons are going to stink, right? They are. The Saints could stink, depending on their quarterback situation. Winston, yeah. Yeah. Taysom Hill, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, again, like everybody, and, and the same can be said for. For East Carolina football and Chandler, uh, the Pirates will take the field against App State. Uh, South Carolina, Marshall, the more I think about it, the more I think East Carolina needs to go. A two and two, you got a shot for six wins. I think anything less than that, I start to get nervous. You got to, because you're going to beat Charleston Southern. Yeah. Um, I was actually listening to Troy and Phil Steele, and even Phil Steele said that, you know, that's a big game for East Carolina if they want to go to a bowl game, start with App State. It is. And then that week two game against South Carolina is not only a big game for East Carolina, it's also a good game or a big game for South Carolina. Shane Beamer, the first year head coach for the Gamecocks, coming to Greenville. So, and they have a, uh, I think they got a a cupcake week one. So it'll be like their first real. You know, right. road test with Shane Beamer. Yeah, so, um, yeah, those those first two games of the season are very pivotal 
of where the Pirates want to be this year, and especially if they want to go to that bowl game that we haven't seen since the 2014 season. So, um, you know, and it all starts on that Thursday night at 730 in, in, in Bank of America Stadium against App State. So uh, we'll see. But it's one game at a time, so hopefully we can get through App State with a win and then come back home to a packed Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. We'll have uh, some, uh, you know, some heroes in the, sta- uh, in the stands that day against South Carolina. You know, Bill Clark Holmes announcing uh, – or the – Mike Houston announcing yesterday that Bill Clark Holmes is donating six thousand tickets in the uh, in the Town Bank Towers. So every ticket sold in the uh, the upper deck, right? Right. For East Carolina and South Carolina on September 11th. Point being, just enjoy this time. Like we we had just concluded our uh, our slow fantasy draft today that we do via text. I, my fantasy team's undefeated. ECU's undefeated. Washington's undefeated. Enjoy these times. These moments are good right i agree all right and then in september reality hits yeah and it could be good or it could be bad once the games uh, start being played all right um what else did i miss great show yesterday i've missed uh i missed the first scrimmage and we'll talk to Igo about it later on but consensus was the defense one defense was dominant on saturday i believe that's what i heard is uh hearing from the guys yesterday xavier smith and Bruce Bivens. Well, of course, both. they're going to say they won. Well, yeah. And Holton, we'll see, Holton was in here with DJ Ford. So it was the offense versus the defense segment there. And uh, according to Holton, that there were some things that they, they needed to pick up on and, and correct. But DJ um, kind of went on to say that the defense looked pretty good and that Coach Blake Harrell was satisfied. But, of, of course, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to Igo about what's been going on on the practice fields. We got media day. Coming up Saturday, one of my favorite days of the year, although we're having these players on every Monday now, maybe it's not as crucial to be able to talk to uh, the Pirate football players, but we will be doing that on Saturday. We'll have video, audio, we'll have that covered for you coming up this week. Meet the Pirates also uh, this Saturday. So, And the um, equipment sale. The equipment sale. That's where you'll find me. <laughs> what uh, Do you know? You remember what time that is? I know John Gilbert was on with Bailey yesterday. Um, we'll, I'm we'll not, have that I think it's, hold on one second. I'll, I'll pull it up because uh, I need to know myself because I need to know what time I need to uh, park my behind in line. Because whatever time it starts, you might want to be there at least an hour before. Oh, no. You, you'll you find me at least two hours early. Uh, I uh, still have a sweet like track jacket that I got at an equipment sale. Um, where did I get my stepson? I got him something really cool. Was it basketball short? No, it was a... Uh, ecu baseball uh jacket like from one of the coaches i guess one that they wore i got ecu basketball shorts one year i got i got a baseball bat uh and the number on the knob of the bat was eight so i'm assuming it was turner brown i Hmm. think it was freshman year turner brown so i remember going back to my high school baseball team and going this bat has been used in a division one baseball game for an ecu pirate okay were you uh, the coolest kid in school i was the coolest cat in town (laughs) Equipment sale starts at 9 a.m. and uh, get, fan- get there early. Line up. Uh huh. I'm gonna be out there with my chair. Shirley, what items are you looking for? Um, I don't know. I usually uh, let's see. One year I got a couple of pairs of tennis shoes, um, and some softball gear, like some sweatpants. It's and, really cool um, stuff. Yeah, and I think I got a pair of basketball shorts one year. Um, I go through, and I go through some of the um, 
they had some bats and some bat bags and things mm. like that. Because, yeah. you know, I do travel ball uh, with, you know, my team. Yeah, so, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. I dabble every now and then. I wonder uh, if they'll have new football unis since, uh, or they'll have football unis to sell since we have new uniforms. That's right. a good. That's yeah, a good I question. Know. I don't I know. Remember, but I, I remember getting my basketball shorts from an equipment sale that one year, and every time I would go in the backyard to shoot basketball, I'd make sure I wore those basketball shorts. <laughs> that's a great one of the best stories I've ever heard. James. Cool, neat story. <laughs> You're full of great stories today, man. I know. I just can't stop. He is talkative today. <laughs> I really missed uh, being He's around. He's talkative, you. and I'm just eating. Shirley's enjoying her uh, milkshake, which is bringing all the boys to the yard. Well, there are a whole bot- a lot of boys in the yard at the mo. <laughs> <laughs> all right, pirates in the pros. <laughs> How about? Um, kicking controversy in baltimore possible how about a kicking controversy in carolina and i want jake verity right this minute so is joey slide not good i just drafted him in my last pick i'm so sorry clipper is he did he get cut uh he's missed he missed like two field goals and an extra point on sunday who's your other kicker don't have one. Oh, really he's the only guy pretty sure no competition well you know what the ravens are going to do they've done this in the past uh, since Justin Tucker's been there, they've been able to trade the kicker on their roster for a draft pick. Like this is what they do. That John Harbaugh is Mr. Special Teams, right? Mm-hmm. So they say, wait, he's got this other kicker. This guy's probably good. We need him. So they can they'll turn Justin uh, Jake Verity, who they picked up, into a draft pick, a future Jake, draft pick. Yeah, Jake Verity right now is playing for thirty-one other teams. He's trying out for the National Football League right now. He's just for the baltimore ravens so. when he joined us on the show before he got picked up he said his favorite kicker to watch is justin tucker is the best kicker maybe ever and then he ends up on that team realistically he's not going to beat out the best kicker in the nfl so he's he's having an audition and the other night he uh he goes what two for two hit a 50 plus yarder yeah and um and that's awesome for him so we could see him potentially uh landing with another team maybe the panthers that'd be awesome that would be great and joey slide in the past few years has been kind of reliable he's gone uh he's gone downhill the past year and a half or so and it's showing already on it started on sunday um very inconsistent so if the panthers do have to go a different way i hope they uh have their eyes set on jake verity he's doing very well right now for the baltimore ravens all right some uh bad news and man blake pro it seemed like every day at vikings camp i was seeing a new blake pro highlight where he was getting open catching the ball and making plays and certainly making zimmer and the coaching staff recognize that he uh would be a valuable player to make that roster unfortunately he suffered an injury uh, it was a non-contact injury during joint practices uh, That's never good. with the broncos yeah, anytime you see a guy go down without contact it is not good um and this is the business side of football this is the life isn't fair side he was waived by the vikings and um hopefully he can heal up and and you know find another landing spot next year kind of reminds me of lance lewis who joined on with my washington uh, redskins what they were once called and he was playing pretty well and he got hurt in the preseason and these undrafted guys once they get hurt it's so hard to make it back because there's no you know you're not tied to them financially or anything they don't have a long-term contract so they're easy to just let walk and you really gotta 
fight back and uh and, and hopefully blake pro can do that i know he was doing very well uh this offseason for the vikings yeah right before he got hurt there was a video of him shaking somebody out of their shoes and catching a ball in the back of the end zone and uh, the ball was kind of thrown a little high so he had to go up there and get it and he was able to tap both feet in and i was like man he really is looking really good and there was actually i think a scrimmage similar to what the panthers do with fan fest where they kind of scrimmage each other and uh there was a, a catch he made on the sideline and it was to the approval of Kirk cousins where he went over there and was saying you oh, know, yeah. he caught I the ball that. and i was like man i said blake prole is really and i'm i was very uncertain about his status in the nfl when he you know decided to go on i was like maybe he should just stay and develop one more year here at east carolina but he was proving a lot of people wrong and including me and was looking really good in training camp for the vikings but unfortunately you know stuff like this happens and unfortunately it happened to blake prole uh, and more bad news, Justin Hardy, surely you brought this to my attention. He was released by the Bears. He had one catch for 15 yards on one target for the Bears in their preseason win over Miami over the weekend. But uh, Justin Hardy, once again, a free agent. Yeah, and unfortunately for Justin, it was just one of those situations where he was among quite a few wide receivers that the Bears had brought in. Uh, to kind of create some competition at that level and I mean you had guys that were uh, almost five or six deep in one position uh, battling for three open spots so it it just didn't work out for Justin and hopefully uh, he did enough at Bears camp that maybe somebody else might be paying attention and and might want to reach out to him because you know it's been two years since he had played uh in an nfl game and uh you know i follow him on social media uh and he 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 stays in shape i mean he stays prepared uh just unfortunately uh just one of those situations where he got cut so uh another that is kind of sitting on the bubble right now is uh garrett mcginn who is down in jacksonville he has been struggling with a, a new coaching staff and urban meyer uh, so he is potentially, I guess you could say, on the bubble uh, to not survive a roster cut. So he could we'll be have to joining uh, Tim, Tim Tebow. Tebow. Yeah, yeah, Tim Tebow was released earlier today, so uh, we'll have to wait and see uh, what happens. So right now, um, you know, as far as guys making the roster, I will tell you one guy who's really kind of uh, piqued the interest of a lot of folks uh, up, up in Cincinnati, and that is Deontay Smith. Uh, his preseason camp, uh, just like with Blake, uh, Blake Prohl, um, you know, really turned a lot of heads as far as their coaches go. And with Deontay, they decided to try him at left guard, which is a position that he has not played in quite some time. Uh, he only has a, a, a handful of games where he actually played in that position. But he's <clears throat> picked it up pretty quickly. And Ann played really any football yeah. in two years. Yeah, we, you're right. We posted um, on our social media platforms of him, you know, going out and – this shows you how athletic these offensive linemen are, and that's the the pull play that these offensive linemen have to do. And uh, he pulled to the left side one time and laid a really good block for a running back for Cincinnati. So <clears throat> plays like that will get you on an NFL roster quick. Yeah, and, he, and of course a little bit of luck has to be involved as well. With Deontay, what the situation was is that he was actually, I think, the number two or number three guy, and then uh, the left guard got injured. And uh, so they decided that they were going to move some people around. And since he's been moved over there, he has actually uh, uh, really uh, kind of uh, honed his craft a little bit. Now, he's still rough around the edges. Even the coaches will tell you that. But they see a lot of potential with Deontay. 
and he is uh, his preseason numbers were I think his last uh, preseason game that he played in his percentage rate as far as how they grade him was somewhere around 86 percent which is not uh, bad for somebody who hasn't really played that position uh, a great deal so Deontay has a very good shot of making uh, an NFL roster when uh, all the cuts are said and done some good numbers the other night for Zay Jones is it a is that a good thing that he's playing that much in the preseason as a veteran? Yeah. Or <laughs> usually your veteran or usually your veteran guys, the guys that are going to give you a lot of reps in the regular season are not going to see a lot of action in the preseason play. And Zay Jones is opposite. He's getting a lot of action, but he's been given getting a lot of praise from uh, John Gruden, the head yeah. coach for the Raiders. So Well, John John well. has always liked him, you know, ever since he uh he came over to the to the Raiders, but I I think what you're seeing now is um, kind of like a situation where uh, you know he's starting to develop a, a relationship with the quarterback, and he's starting to get uh, a little bit more comfortable in that position. I'm not saying he was he wasn't comfortable in years past, but I think he just has some difficulties. <clears throat> Uh, with uh, some drop passes in in some situations, but well, I, mean, I can see if you read, but if you read his preseason, not not just his preseason numbers, but it, in terms of camp, he's not dropped a pass that that has been thrown to him. Which is hard to do when your quarterback is Nathan Peterman, exactly. who was the quarterback for the uh, the Raiders. Oof. Looking at the unofficial depth chart, you got Ruggs, who was a high draft pick, so he's going to be a starter. Brian Edwards looks like he's going to be a good receiver. Hunter Renfro in the slot. The backups are solid. I mean, John Brown, Willie Sneed, uh, who's a veteran now, and Zay Jones listed as the uh, backup. So that is a crowded wide receiver room with no true standouts. Uh, you've got potential with Ruggs and Edwards, but is it Ruggs or is it Riggs? Ruggs. <clears throat> it's Ruggs. The third. Yeah. Oh, for some you got the third other. right. No, 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 no. I just it's, it's Henry, Henry III. Like I thought they king. had. Nelson I thought it Aguilar. was Henry Riggs. That's why I was getting confused when you said Ruggs. I was like, I could have sworn it was Henry Ruggs. I mean, Riggs the third. It but is it, okay. not. All right. Uh, Nelson Aguilar is a member of the New England Patriots. Hmm. Maybe I should do a category on that at trivia tomorrow. Go for Who it. do these guys play for currently? Might be a, uh, a good idea, Chandler. Okay. Uh, speaking of Pirates and the Pros, I mean, we've kind of concentrated on uh, football, but uh, we do have a little bit of baseball news, and that is that Mike Wright has been called up to the Chicago White Sox, which, by the way, are playing some pretty decent baseball right now. So uh, he is. Uh, he got called up yesterday? Yeah, and yesterday. Got, and we got some news about Connor Norby as well. Yes, he has now been promoted up to the Delmarva Shorebirds, which is the low A affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles. And, of course, we knew that was going to happen. They they told Connor he would go to uh, kind of like a rookie um, uh, rookie league, so to speak. Um, they call it the, um, the Florida Coast League. I think it's the FCL and the ACL, uh, the Arizona, uh, Arizona Cactus League, I think it's called. But anyway um, – so they they play down there, but they they told him their expe- expectations of Connor would be before the season was out, he was going to end up going into the minors, and that's exactly what happened yesterday. Delmarva has him, um, and a lot of these uh, teams, with the exception of a handful <clears throat> of AAA teams, uh, did not. You know, Mondays are typically their day off, so uh, we'll have 
some a minor league report for you coming up tomorrow. Uh, they do not play the Wood Ducks the remainder of the year. Delmarva right now is second in the North Division. The Wood Ducks are second in the Central Division. So, you know, Wood Ducks need their game and a half back of the Mudcats. Delmarva four games back, so probably not realistic that they're going to win, but still potential to see Norby play at Kinston this year if they were to meet in the postseason. That would be super cool. Just throwing that out there. If that happens, we'll be there uh, checking out Connor Norby. All right, uh, let's see. Anything else? Uh, we'll get to our preseason stuff when Weaves here. MLB update. I just want to do this to say that the Atlanta Braves, without Ronald Acuna Jr., with Marcelo Zuna and his domestic issues and injury, uh, Ian Anderson hurt, Yanoa hurt. It doesn't matter. The NLE stinks, and the Braves have called the Mets and the Phillies and taken over first place. Congratulations. And now we can go to break. That's oh, all I got. Uh, oh, okay. That's so we're all going you to need break to then. Yep. Okay. Hold on. The Atlanta Braves are 63 and 56, first place in the East. Shirley's Red Sox, uh, well, they've won three in a row, Shirley, but still back three and a half games behind the race. Eh, but it's manageable. Yeah. Where's me and Jalen's uh, Nationals? They are. They have Juan Soto and who else on that roster? Ryan Zimmerman. <laughs> is he going to play forever? Potentially. Has he announced his like? This is my last year. I don't think so. Yeah, he's just going to keep playing. It's like a Rob Gronkowski thing. Like he's just year by year, year by year. Just, yeah. You know, one one year contracts after another. I would. I mean, well, what he needs to do is pull a Rob Gronkowski and go to a good team to finish his career. Like he's not going to be around for another Nats rebuild no and i mean the year after we won the world series i thought that was it yeah him. i thought go he was out going, on top right go out on top and just be done but no he's i mean that we're two years three years removed from that so all right let's get it away uh did you say that you was hurt uh i know he's coming back he's starting tonight right i was gonna say yeah they've got him slated starting tonight he has not pitched since he uh i don't know if he broke his hand but he punched uh something in the dugout oh like i remember that yep don't that's, do that that's like trying to punch a football player with a helmet on. don't fight with a helmet on don't punch an inanimate object if you're gonna animate and is that it inanimate yes okay if you're gonna do that go big poppy get a baseball bat and just and go to take, town on yeah. the phone Go to that's town the, on the phone, the Gatorade cooler. That's the that's the, the bubblegum bucket. All right, we'll take a time out, come back. Billy Weaver joins us on the other side. We'll talk pirate football and more when we return after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You've worked hard to start your business and are working even harder to make it successful, and that's why it's important to have a bank in your corner when you need them. 
As the business world throws you curveballs, Select Bank and Trust is here to be responsive to your needs. Select Bank's team of local bankers can make local decisions and cares about you, the customer. Get the business services that are right for your business today with Select Bank and Trust. Bank local, bank select. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Welcome back to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Great to be back with you after having a few days away from the microphone. And Billy Weaver has had a week away from the microphone, but he joins us on his Tuesday appearance here on Pirate Radio Live. Weave, good to see you, man. Good to see you, Clip. Good to see the beard. Nice, huh? That is a nice beard. Thank you. Thank you. I guess uh, when you're you're a TV guy, you got (laughs) to stay smooth shaved. Now you can... I can do what I want. (laughs) the the world is your oyster is that the phrase um but we've good to see you in studio and uh it's time 16 days away i know that's that's awesome that is so cool i I can't wait it's going to be so much fun i'm really really looking forward to pirate football this year for a couple reasons uh but the biggest reason is because there's there's optimism surrounding the program um there's a lot of excitement and more importantly there's going to be what we think a lot of fans in the stands yeah especially uh september 11th with mike houston announcing that uh bill clark has purchased all of the seats in the uh, upper deck and will be distributing those out to first responders that's awesome medical uh, people in the medical industry so uh that is fantastic to know that those seats uh hopefully most if not all will be full and i don't know we've how much in your opinion does it depend on what happens against app state uh the crowd for that game too i I think the only way it really affects the fans like if they don't show up as much as you think is if east carolina goes in there and gets blown out by app state i think even if they lose that game there's so much excitement and there's so much there's so much that people just want to go to pirate football and be at dowdy for the first time in a long time first time in a long time and i think there's so much excitement there that the pirates could even survive a loss to app state a close loss you know on the road but i think if they got blown out by app state then might yeah, that might hurt the gate a little bit you win that game and against just, app state everybody oh, it's yeah. a party yeah. for the, the yeah. week leading up to that south carolina game and it doesn't matter if it's a one point win or a 20 point win yeah it doesn't matter you know it's, it's excitement you're one and oh going into a game against south carolina who's got a brand new head coach and if i'm not mistaken wasn't shane beamer's name brought up as one of the potential candidates for head coach at, at ECU back yeah. when was it before Mo? Yeah, was, I uh, feel like hired? it was it was that one because and, and maybe even a little bit when Houston was hired, but the Houston thing just happened so fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like we have our guy, we want our guy, right, we right. got our guy. Shane Beamer's name definitely and I still don't know we I would love to see a thirty for thirty on that hiring process. Yeah. Scotty Montgomery be. definitely wasn't the first choice. No, uh uh-uh. uh and you know who even was in jeff confer's rolodex or list of candidates i don't know Uh, yeah that would be a good 30 for 30 actually (laughs) and you know i think uh, a lot of the when his when shane beamer's name was kind of floated out there there was a lot of people in pirate nation that kind of turned up their nose to it he didn't have a whole lot of experience he had the name of of course his his famous dad at uh at virginia tech so shane beamer wasn't i guess kind of that flashy sexy hire um 
But I think he's going to be good for South Carolina. I really do. I guess at that time, Billy, he was the running assistant head coach, running backs coach at Virginia Tech, 2011 through 15. So that would have been his spot there. Uh, He's been at South Carolina previously. And this has nothing to do with Beamer and how he would have done, but it did remind me of skip holtz right 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 now well, he know, did have people, head coaching experience right but still even then a lot of people at east carolina were not really thrilled about the name skip holtz when he came before he came here he was the yukon head coach and done you know great things up at yukon but he wasn't that sexy hire he had the name yeah um but he didn't he, <coughs> he didn't wasn't really that proven i mean like a little bit different with Shane Beamer, obviously, and Skip Holtz, because like you said, Skip was a head coach before uh, coming to East Carolina. Shane was not. But it's just that kind of thing that people are like, um, is is it just because he's got a name? Yeah, the nepotism. This right, guy, right. he's no Lou and he's, all that. Right, right, right. And turns out, uh, I would say, a fantastic football coach put together a great staff. That's another thing, too, when you make these hires. If you bring a guy that is in – a spot where he is a head coach he's got a ready-made staff to come with him you bring in these guys that are assistants that's one of the the biggest talking points at the negotiations right the well who's your assistant like who who's your o coordinator d coordinator who are you going to bring in with you well look at the two guys that you're talking about too and john thompson and scotty montgomery both assistant coaches and if you think about it during their tenures those two guys didn't have great assistant coaches under him skip holtz had great assistants ruffin mcneil had great assistants. he was able to bring a lot of Absol- texas tech guys absolutely over here. so that makes a big big difference and we had talked about that so many times that you have have to surround yourself in football you have to surround yourself with good assistant coaches because if you don't have that experience at the assistant coach level because the thing is is a head coach is is there are guys that are considered figureheads when they get to a certain point a nick saban is like that now more of a figurehead bobby bowden towards the end of his career uh frank beamer speaking of beamers you know those guys were figureheads and they were more kind of overseers because they'd been there done that it's their assistant coaches that are dealing with these players on a daily basis and those are the guys that are so important and so crucial is the assistant coaches and having those guys in place that know exactly what to do been there and done that John Thompson and Scotty Montgomery if you looked at the resume and the years of service that the assistant coaches had under them they just didn't have that experience yeah and just hearing uh, from the players yesterday uh, our players lounge here on pirate radio I can't remember which player it was but uh, he was talking about my coach and he's talking about his position coach. Right, like he hears right. from Mike Houston, but yeah. the guy in his ear the most is his position coach. Absolutely. I asked uh, Bryce Williams last week what coach got after him the most, and and he said Donnie Kirkpatrick because hey, that was his coach. But and we we you know Donnie K off the field oh, yeah. and and yeah, such a good guy. And I said Bryce, I just can't imagine him like just chewing you out. And and he's like, trust me, man. He's short <laughs> fuse. Like he's he'll joke around at practice too, but. If you don't do something you're supposed to, you're, you're going to get it. And uh, so those guys um, learn and, and hear from their position coaches, I guess more so maybe than, oh, than yeah. the head coach. Absolutely. They spend more time with their position coaches than they do the head coach, of course. Any concern, Weave, if, when you hear that the defense uh, overwhelmed the ECU no. offense in scrimmage one? No, because that's typical of the preseason. Uh, you know, typically offenses kind of lag behind defenses early on because there's there's more to learn on on offense. There's more intricacies. There's more play calling. <laughs> there's A more lot things of, to screw up. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it really is. And, and I'm not. I'm not 
not um, undervaluing defense as far as play calling because there is play calling yeah. abilities. There's lining up. There's getting in your right stance. All that, all that stuff on defense. Um, but it's just a different animal. Defense and offense are are just different animals. That's just the way it is. Um, there's so much to learn out of the playbook offensively that it's typically. I mean, that's very typical in any preseason. Is typically right out of the gates. The defense will usually dominate the offense. The offense has to try and catch up from time to time. But I, I think that's kind of typical. We hear it in the spring. We also hear it at fall camp leading up to the official practices that these things flip-flop too. So now scrimmage two, is it going to be the offense who takes a step and looks better than the defense? We shall see. That's why I just wish there was exhibition games in college football. Yeah. I just, I I don't understand that. You know, we talk about going from four preseason games down to three in the NFL. There were too many in the NFL and people like, look, there's too many preseason games. You got to cut back on those. The NFL did that, but the problem is on the flip side in college football is you don't have that. They do it in high school. They do it in the pros. And, And you do it in just about every sport you yeah. baseball basketball even basketball now they do those closed scrimmages where yeah. you know we've talked we've heard about uh Play like virginia yeah, yeah ecu's playing yeah. virginia and they're like hey you know well here's here's kind of the inside of what happened in that scrimmage we lost by 13 scrim- right, but right, we but really look good and this guy looked <laughs> yeah. good and he's playing against an all-american and blah 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 yeah. but you know what i mean these guys get tired of beating up on each other and when you know like you said when the offense is playing the defense. Do you say, okay, well, the offense played really well. That means our defense stinks. Or the defense plays really well. That means the offense stinks. Or maybe both of them stink. We don't know. <laughs> That's why you like to play against another opponent to kind yeah. of really get a, a good handle and a gauge on what your team's going to be like. And it's got to be a safety issue. If you could do it safely, yeah, yeah. seven on seven, and then maybe or and maybe have your lines the doing NFL drills. Does it. Do the joint practice thing, if nothing else. That, well, and the NFL does that as well, because yeah. a lot of people People don't realize that, that they're doing these joint practices, and they're pretty much like a preseason scrimmage. Uh, A lot of times, they'll half the field. Uh, they'll have two different scrimmages kind of going on, and they're more of a light practice. And you know, the quarterbacks wear the the green jerseys or whatever, so they're not getting hit. The and coaches are on the field like yeah, it's little yeah, league, kind absolutely. Of. <laughs> but but you know what? You still get a much better gauge when you're playing against other talent, and you don't know what they're going to do. Right? You know what your teammate's going to do every, every time. A- absolutely, because you're you're practicing against these guys in the fall. You're practicing in the spring. Even in the off season, when the coaches aren't around, those guys are getting together on their own, going out there so you know these guys uh intricacies their uh, idiosyncrasies you know all their everything inside and out you need that element of surprise and the not knowing and the oh you know hey this guy's really good i gotta up my game you need that billy we were joining us inside the pirate radio studios we've uh nfl preseason week one in the books the cowboys and steelers have now played two games since they were in the Hall of Fame game. Hey, only two preseason games left. I like this three-week uh, like preseason yeah. schedule. Um, and Washington will play again this week. They lost uh, their first preseason game to the Patriots. Uh, we did see Chase Young sack Cam Newton, which Cam, is fun. Cam made a joke said he was surprised that uh, that Chase wasn't bigger. He thought he was, he thought he was bigger. <laughs> I think he was making a, re- a Roadhouse reference. Do you remember the Roadhouse movie? I, I thought, thought you'd be, be bigger. bigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then you know Cam was. It was then again, Cam the is a giant quarterback. He is. So Everybody's but, small. But then when he said that in the post game interviews, I just just kidding, just kidding, <laughs> yeah. just kidding, because I think he knows the talent and everybody. By the way, Chase that's enough of Chase Young in the preseason. <laughs> 
I know he wants to play. Well, we talked about this last week, right? Right, right. Yeah. He wants to play every down, I'm sure. Get him out of there. Let's, get, yeah, let's, get him out. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, Fitz. And, and of course, we've, here we go. This is classic Washington fans, but I saw a lot of, wait, is, is Haneke our, our best quarterback? Heineke. Should he be starting? Look, I'm not arguing it because <laughs> he's played well. He's, he's played very well. I just don't want a controversy. I mean, Fitzpatrick's our guy, right? Let's let's stick with that, move on. And, and we know he's going to throw three interceptions in a game in that game you can bring in Heineke. Heineke. I, I, Heineke. I agree. Heineke. Yeah, Chase Young likes him. He likes him a lot. He does. He's got the uh, stamp of approval and there. Who, and and may, who knows? Maybe there's a short leash on Fitz. Yeah. I, I Fitz mean, magic. If there's no Fitz magic, if the magic has run out, maybe I'm so short. torn on that weave. Seeing him in the jersey is cool. I, and that's it's like, what I'm trying to do. And he's easy to... I'm trying to, oh, I'm trying to go Fitz. Yeah, you got a little Fitz in you. I don't know. He's got... That beard's been growing for a while, though. He's he's so likable. I want to... Re- yeah. He seems like a great dude. Like, he's so easy to root for. But you just know he's going to screw it up and, <laughs> and throw a pick and and do the Fitz tragic. There, there's you two know, guys. There's, you know why, though. Why is that? what happens when you put on the burgundy and gold. Yeah, well, it's he's just, done it in a lot of different <laughs> colors true. over his time. <laughs> So uh, I'm 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 gonna root for him. I oh yeah, of course. I hope it goes all right. I am too, and I hope it goes great. I hope we don't see Heineke at all. Yeah, that would be a good I hope thing. It's that right? good. Heineke. Yeah. Heineke. Uh, Chandler is eating something. Uh, sorry, but give me uh, give me three thoughts on the Panthers preseason opener. PJ Walker looked good. Is he the backup? Yeah, Sam Darnold. PJ Walker started the game on Sunday. It was Will Greer who took the the second uh, second team snaps. Uh, I made sure to watch. I liked. I like Hubbard. Is that the Hubbard had a great run on fourth and one? Yeah, looked like he was going to get stopped, and he just kind of squirted out of there. And he was a great college running back. He was. And I think he took off last year. I think he took off due to COVID at Oklahoma State. McCaffrey's not playing any preseason, is he? At all, I don't think so. Uh, we sat our first team starters on. on don't blame you at that all. That included uh, first round pick J.C. Horn. He didn't play on Sunday, but also I looked at third round pick Brady Christensen, right tackle, who uh, looked really good on Sunday as well. So Brady Christensen, I was really impressed with, and then um, some guys on defense. Troy, uh, Troy Pride Jr. is hurt. We got him out of Notre Dame last year. He started, I think, twelve games last year for the Panthers. Uh, he's hurt and. Then we, the Panthers actually just uh, traded Greg Little, our second-round pick in 2019. But when it comes to this game on Sunday, I was very impressed with uh, P.J. Walker and the drives that he was able to establish. All right, I know you won't be here Friday when Tony's here. You'll be getting ready to call some Whiteville football, right? Right. So uh, I wanted to get your Panthers take oh, okay. at some point. All right, uh, let's see. Weave, uh, NASCAR, A.J. Allmendinger. Such a great win. I, asked, I talked about, you know, do we have any ringers that go up for these events? And I guess he... Ringer the dinger. He, dinger he the is ringer. The, the dinger. The ringer, yeah. Um, swinging dingers. <laughs> thank you, Shirley. The swinging A.J. Allmendingers uh, gets the win Just in don't yell dinger too loud. Is that... Oh, wow. <laughs> the Rockies did. Right, How right. How crazy Remember? was that, dinger. man? That went dinger from... Dinger the mascot awful to oh boy yeah, yeah. crazy that, that was wild but they do they call him dinger they call AJ him dinger yeah they call him dinger um what was the deal with uh was it denny hamlin and briscoe oh, chase that- briscoe yeah that was that was such a bad deal let me tell you what i loved uh, denny hamlin's one of my favorite drivers obviously you know chase elliott's my guy uh and he's you know chase elliott's been doing very well on road courses has been well documented but 
Denny Hamlin's also a very good road course racer. He was in the lead in that in that race. Now, Chase Briscoe went off the course. And he was forced off the course, and that's fine. When you're forced off the course or or off the track or whatever, you're allowed to come back on the track. You're not allowed to advance your position. Mm -hmm. Now, when he cut across, he got right back door-to-door with Denny Hamlin. Immediately, NASCAR called a penalty on him. Uh, and it was a stop and go penalty because you cannot advance your position. You can't, you've got to be able to kind of lay back, get back on the course and get running. No matter what, if you're forced down there or whatever. Now, immediately NASCAR made that, that distinction. Um, and if you listen to the radio broadcast, uh, the in-car radios, it was, it was made very clear. Uh, Briscoe was then behind Denny Hamlin. He says he didn't know that he had gotten a penalty enforced on him. Denny did and knew that he was had a stop-and-go penalty. Briscoe says he was racing for the win, trying to get up there. Well, he accidentally gets into the back of Denny Hamlin, spins him around. Then he has to uh, enforce the penalty, the stop-and-go. So as a result, Almondinger ends up winning the race, who probably shouldn't have won the race because of all that <clears> going <throat> on. Right. Um, so of course, Denny Hamlin had some words for Chase Briscoe after the uh, after the race. Briscoe said that he wasn't aware of it; he didn't spin him on purpose. Denny did say that he believes that he didn't spin him on purpose, but he should know better. He should know right right then when he got back on the track that he was going to be penalized and he should have laid back. And of course, there were two laps left to go. There's no reason to race him hard right there at that time. Anyway, right. Chase Briscoe said that that was kind of a sneaky. Uh, corner right there that he had discovered that a lot of people kind of put their guard down in that corner and there's a passing opportunity <coughs> there. That's what he was going for. And so he had an excuse, but you know, it's it's one of those deals. He's a young driver and Denny said he should have known better. Well, this is interesting. I, I And it reminded me of a tweet from Denny Hamlin. So NASCAR had posted like, and I can't remember the official, what it's called, the sounds of sounds, race yeah. day. It, we yeah. know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's, it's the in-car uh, audio. And each team's uh, radio broadcast and denny hamlin quote tweeted and said so the 14 didn't know but yet acknowledged it on the radio mm -hmm. okay gotcha noted and i did, I did and now nascar has well, nascar's looking into it because if the spotter doesn't relay it to the driver <coughs> because the driver doesn't necessarily hear all the radio communications drivers will turn those off from time to time but it's the spotters um it's the spotter's obligation as soon as the the penalty is hand down the spotter has to relay to the driver hey you got to stop and go penalty you got to pull in well this was tweeted by nascar on fox it has since been deleted and uh, jeff gluck who is a uh, nascar reporter says do we know they match the timestamps correctly is all that's in the correct order uh denny hamlin said no but uh they said they played in order of transmission i was told not to worry about the 14 in turn seven anyway interesting we've had nascar on fox has deleted the tweet <laughs> and you did say they were looking into it i guess oh, yeah. to see if the the spotter and told briscoe or briscoe heard there was right. a penalty is right. that the the because if if briscoe heard that there was a penalty then his argument of i was just trying to race him and trying to pass him in that turn and i wasn't trying to retaliate because it was hamlin that basically ran him off the track i mean they were they were racing it was a racing kind of deal but it looked like <clears throat> at first glance that was a retaliation right but he says briscoe says it wasn't now if briscoe knew before spinning hamlin out that he had a stop and go penalty then that's obviously a retaliation 
and he's not telling the truth. But I mean, all right, who's to know? This week, and everything happens so fast. Yeah, I mean, you're, this is all happening within a matter of seconds. Uh, this week they'll be in Michigan, and then the following race, Daytona, and that'll be the final race before the playoffs begin. So yeah, there you go. it's going to be fun. Michigan's always one of those fun tracks. Drivers like it because it's uh, it's it's one of the fastest speedways. Uh, on the circuit it's a two mile track and there's it, it's not a super speedway it's not considered a super speedway like daytona and talladega so there's no restrictor plate racing or anything like that so speeds for qualifying get up over 200 miles an hour and going into the turns they're at 215 220 sometimes so it's a very fast because it's such a wide speedway um and the the banking is about 18 degrees there so it's not typically high banking um, but it's enough banking to hold speeds there. So it's a very fast speedway. And a guy that's loving this coming up is Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick's won the last two races there, three of the last four. And he's on the he's he's in the 15th spot right now yeah. in the in the in the uh, cup playoffs. Of course, the top 16 make it into the playoffs. He's in the number 15 spot and he doesn't have a win. So if he gets a win, he's automatically in the playoffs. So he's probably the favorite and is kind of licking his chops right now. But. Kyle Larson is a guy that's he's in in the lead right now in the cup standings and he won I think in 2016 and 17 three consecutive races and he has been the best driver in uh 2021 yeah so I, th- I think it's going to come down to Kevin Harvick and uh Kyle Larson uh if history proves correctly and we I love to look ahead and talk about great stretches coming up how about the next race is Michigan Daytona Darlington Richmond mm-hmm. Bristol Las Vegas is that a good one? Yeah, I like Las Vegas. Because after that is Talladega, yeah, so that is a hell of a. It is, and that, you know run. what? I applaud NASCAR for putting some of the, some of the tougher and the more fan friendly tracks into the playoffs. Yeah, instead of your Texas's, Kansas, Chicago's, all that. You know what? People got bored with those cookie cutter mile and a half tracks. You got a Talladega in there. You've got your short tracks. You've got. Um, Darlington, I think, is is the coolest one, and that kicks off the playoffs. It's it's the uh, the old lady in black, the the track too tough to tame. The drivers absolutely love it because it's a it's a driver's track. You don't have to worry about the competition as much as you have to worry about the track itself. If you don't respect that track, it'll take you out in a heartbeat. And the drivers love that. That'll be awesome. Uh, after week one of college football, a full day on Saturday. You get some uh, Sunday night racing in at Darlington yeah, uh, to gonna, start the playoffs. It's going to be so cool. I love that. All right, Weave. Thanks for hanging out, man. Not a problem. Enjoyed it. And we'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Uh, Bo Bats said, tell Billy his sandwiches are great. Ah, <laughs> there you go. And Bo, I knew we'd get a Billy's Beach breakfast in Hey, there. Bo, we need some peanuts around here. Hey. Oh, calling out Bo. Hey, now. I'm just saying. Bo. We ran out. By the way, Bo Bats uh, scheduled to appear next Monday. Hey! So hey! We'll be getting our peanuts and candy hey. and, and all the... Uh, Bo never comes to this studio empty-handed. All the uh, Santa Bo will come join what, us. What, what is it? What's the saying of candy and nuts were... What is it? Ifs and butts for candy and nuts. And candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It just kind of reminded me when you all said that. When you said candy and peanuts. We'd all have Merry Christmas. <laughs> That's what we all have. <laughs> all right, Weave. Enjoyed it. Let's take a time out. We'll come back. We'll wrap up Hour 1. Get you set for Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Cliff Rock. Welcome back into the show. Remember how I said August was awesome from a fan standpoint because there's optimism, you're undefeated. It also really stinks because you don't want to hear about any injury news coming from your favorite team and the latest uh big name involved in injury news uh this came out this afternoon chase claypool uh steelers wide receiver uh was injured according to pro football talk on the next to last play of today's steelers practice he remained on the ground after trying to catch a long pass uh he was helped off the field did not put any weight on his leg so uh they do not know what the injury is as of right now but you just like you hate to see that crap man and it happens to every team every year you just hope it's not your guys yeah uh we saw it last year with the giants saquon barkley um but that happened in the regular season you really hate to see this happen in training camp when when you know you want you're not wanting to see any kind of injury at all throughout the season but when it happens before it even starts then that's really bad we'll talk about it with Igo when he comes in because last year you had von miller and i believe Cortland sutton who were hurt before week one and it's like your your season shot already sutton actually uh no he played in one game he got hurt in the uh the first game i guess but you just know it's over before it even gets started, and it uh, it stinks. Yeah, I worry about it every single day. About all right, who, what Panther are we going to hear about today? Uh, what Panther are we going to see on the injury reserve today? And uh, luckily, the Panthers haven't had anybody so far, other than Troy Pride Jr. just uh, uh, on Sunday. So um, yeah, it, it stinks to see that because Clay, Claypool had such a great rookie year last year. He was one of those guys that kind of was drafted right there in the middle of the draft. And uh, and just came out guns a blazing, and it was really uh, dependable for uh, the Steelers last year. Beside uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, let's uh, we'll talk a lot of NFL and college football in hour number two. Antoine Staley set to join us. Covers Florida State football now. Has covered the Dolphins, Panthers, other teams in the past. So we'll uh, we'll go big picture college football and NFL when we return. After that. Perry Owens, the head football coach of the Washington Pan Pack, will join us to talk about a team that uh, will not catch anybody anybody by surprise the fall of 2021. Maybe they were able to do that in the spring of 2021. Perry Owens will give us a lowdown on his Pan Pack coming up later on this hour. Also, Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, said to join us as well. A lot more to go. A lot of football talk on the way on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back from sales to service. Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, Greenville Auto World has a full service and repair facility. Brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Barat. All right, a moment ago, talked about Chase Claypool, Steelers wide receiver, suffering an injury today at the end of Steelers practice. Mike Garofalo from NFL Network says Claypool did not suffer a significant injury. Sources are saying major sigh of relief for Pittsburgh. They will see what the diagnosis is, but a relief after how it looked. So maybe it's not a serious injury there for Steelers wide receiver Chase Claypool. We will talk all things football, college and uh, pro with Antoine Staley, who joins us once again on the Fixed NC Live line. Antoine, good to have you back. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm great. And uh, it's part of this time of year, Antoine. I hate to even talk about it, but these injuries that pop up and you've covered the dolphins you've covered the panthers you know how it is day to day when these freak accidents happen uh, sometimes it's contact injuries but it's part of the game it's part of the nfl life i, I was trying to think antoine and uh, you know cam Akers was a big name that went down even before training camps began the running back from the rams I'm knocking on wood as much as I can. I hate to even say it, but have we had significant injuries yet that could alter the standings? I guess you could say with the Colts, maybe with Wentz and Nelson. Um, but but outside of that, uh, any other big injuries that, that will impact teams this year? I think we've been injury-free, knock on wood, at least so far. I think teams have been really cautious of – and putting players out there too soon, especially. I mean, things can happen throughout the course of practice, of course, but uh, especially in the preseason where we only have three games now, and I think teams are being more cautious cautious more than ever. So, no, nah, we hadn't had that significant injury. I don't think it's going to change the landscape of possibly the NFL. You mentioned Winston, Nelson, those guys are – Expected to be back uh, probably sometime maybe in September. Uh, I know they're going to take it really easy with Wentz, and we'll see what happens with the Colts too. I think a lot of people are expecting them to compete for a playoff spot. They certainly got one of the playoff spots last year with Phillip Rivers and, and a very talented team. I definitely saw a little bit of them uh, when they played the Panthers this upcoming weekend. So, yeah, I don't think, like I said, I think we've dodged that so far, but we'll see what happens in week two of the preseason. It's definitely, I expect more starters to play and Sometimes when that happens, then you get sustained. You get a lot more injuries that kind of happen from time to time. Let's start with NFL, and then we'll bounce to college football. And, and sticking with the AFC South, how shocked would you be at this point, Antoine, if the Titans did not win that division? I, I thought they were the best team anyway. Uh, even with Wentz there, I thought it was you know Wentz is coming off a season where you know with the Eagles. I know uh, 
the Colts definitely have a lot more weapons than, than the Eagles did last year. But still a lot of questions, especially, you know, his durability. That's been a big issue there. And then even when he did play last year with the Eagles, he just wasn't really consistent in turning the ball over a ton. So, yeah, I know he gets back there with Frank Wright, and uh, I think he'll play He'll, he'll play better than what he did with the Eagles, but I still like what the, to- the Titans have done, especially, you know, you're getting Julio Jones there, uh, team up with A.J. Brown. I think Ryan Tannehill is, you know, very underrated as a quarterback. I think a lot of people just kind of look at Derrick Henry and just say, you know, that's the reason they're winning. But Tannehill has made some big throws and some critical moments too as well, and uh, definitely that offensive line is really good. Uh, the defense definitely a big question with Tennessee. <clears throat> I definitely think, uh, as of right now, I think I'd go with the Titans, uh, even with you know a healthy Winston to win that division. So, yeah, I would be surprised if they did win that division when it's all said and done. I'm just going to pepper you with questions, Antoine. People do this on your Twitter all the time, so you should be used to it. So let's uh, let's go to uh, let's go to New England. How you know how serious of a competition do you think it is at this point? I mean, Cam's a starter. Bill Belichick's even said that. But how long is that leash? Do they they want to get Mac Jones in early? Would they rather him sit for a while and watch what the offense is doing? You know, what, what is it, what's the likelihood that due to performance, not due to injury or anything, we see Mac Jones in the first couple months? of the season yeah you you hit it right there due to performance like well to be honest with you cam newton has not played in the full 16 game season since 2017 so history says that probably matt jones is going to play one way or the other at some point uh so i i expect him to play but probably not i would say not the first month of the season uh i I think they want to go with cam as long as they can and they feel like they've upgraded that team offensively enough where they feel like they can compete and win and we talk about Cam Newton. I know a lot of it took a lot of criticism last year for some of his play, but I felt before COVID, uh, before he had the came down with um, coronavirus, I definitely thought he was a much different quarterback there. Uh, you look at what he did against the Dolphins there. Uh, I know it wasn't always pretty throwing the football, but I thought he was uh, very efficient at times. And then you look at the Seattle game. Uh, with New England on Sunday Night Football, I definitely think he made some critical throws and gave them the oh, really good chance to win that football game. I think the key for them is getting a lot of those players back that ended up opting out last year. I think they had like 13 or 14 players that opted out due to uh, COVID last year. So getting that and improving uh, what they have offensively there. I know Hunter Henley, uh, Janu Smith, they'll run a lot of 12 personnel with what they want to do and try to take pressure off of Cam Newton. I definitely think that would be beneficial. And I expect the Patriots to be in the playoff race when it's all said. I think the Bills are the best team in the East, but there's no reason why New England at least can't get one of the wild three wild card spots. Talking to Antoine Staley on the Fixed NC Live line, I, I remember week one last year, Antoine, Patriots win, so Cam's being celebrated. Brady and the Bucks lose to the Saints, so we make those rash reactions that – well, uh, Belichick won this one. He knows what he's doing, and we see we saw how that turned out. I was thinking it's going to be the same thing this year, week one, to a much lesser degree, but depending on what happens in that Panthers-Jets game, we're all going to make our proclamations on, well, Sam Darnold was just in a bad spot in New York. Now he's a winner uh, in Carolina, or uh, the Jets made the right move to move on from Darnold and bring in Wilson. Uh, the, the week one reactions to that game are going to be similar to the uh, – to Cam and Brady week one last year. Yeah, really, the week, the week reaction to the NFL or like no other that you get in any other sport, to be honest with you. Yeah. Just once a week. 
Uh, so you only see those teams one, and players once a week, so you get those uh, – everybody has a hot take on something. And especially week one where you hadn't seen any kind of real live football for uh, it's about a month since February. So, yeah, everybody's ready to go and think, oh, well, you know, this happened in week one, so this is going to determine how things are going to play out the rest of the season. But really that's not the case. And you talk about Darnold, too, as well. I know there was some people that asked me why isn't he playing, but – you know, he solidifies the Panthers' starter. And, you know, you don't necessarily want to throw your top quarterback out there week, week one of the preseason when, you know, he already knows he's going to start, too. At this point, with three preseason games, I don't think it's really no benefit to have him start at least week one of the preseason. We'll see what happens with the uh, Ravens game on Saturday. Uh, I know they're scrimmaging a couple of times with the Ravens up leading up to that. They make, Matt Rule just said he'll make a decision on that on Thursday on a conference call on Zoom yesterday that I was a part of. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think he'll probably play, but I don't know how much Donald will play um, in the second preseason game. Or the third, too. He could probably play in the third, too, as well. Because remember, this year, the, the three the, it's three preseason games, and then the third one is two weeks before the regular season start, as opposed to a week. So, yeah, yeah he could they could decide they want to just hold him out for the last preseason game and see what happens. But either way, yeah, I expect that game uh, definitely to be spirit over. Uh, I mean, that's a whole bunch to Sam Donald uh, when it's in week one, especially for a variety of reasons. Uh, Chandler, our producer, a Panthers fan, was talking to him earlier. Christian McCaffrey, Antoine, I guess, going to be sitting the entire preseason. How about, like, yeah. you know, DJ Moore and, uh, you know, what stars will Panthers fans see in the preseason, if any? Well, yeah, McCaffrey, that's probably the smart thing to do, especially him missing 13 games last year. So, and running backs, I don't think you need to put them out there in the preseason. I mean, it's really no point, especially you want to preserve them and keep them away from the wear and tear. As far as some of the other stars, uh, Matt Rule, we asked him about that yesterday. He yesterday said that he'll make a decision on that. So I imagine you'll see some DJ Moore and maybe Robbie Anderson and some of the other guys, too, eventually in the preseason. But I just didn't think you were going to see it week one uh, against the Colts, too, as well. But yeah, I think you could see it. I think the Ravens will be a really good test, too, just simply because they're so physical as a football team. And uh, they're definitely obviously a playoff team for a year ago. So I definitely you could see them against the Ravens and also the Steelers, too. Steelers also made the playoffs, too, as well. And they play a physical brand style, kind of, sort of like Baltimore does. So I think that would be really two really good tests for the Panthers leading up to the season against the Jets. But, yeah, I expect the starters to play a little bit more against the Ravens and also the Steelers. Antoine, uh, I'm not asking if this is fair or not. I'm just asking, is this the reality of the situation? A couple of young quarterbacks, Tua in Miami, Daniel Jones in New York. Is it is it already make or break for those guys, or is that too early to say uh, for those two guys with their respective teams? Two different situations, but yeah, I think both are in very similar situations. Obviously, Jones heading in his third year and two of his second. I guess I'll start with I'll start with Daniel Jones since he's the older of the two. Uh, we're talking about a Giants team that surrounded him with more talent this all season. Uh, they ended up taking Kadarius Tony in the first round. Also got Kenny Galladay as well, and you get Saquon Barkley. You assume back healthy. And they've done some things to improve that offensive line. So it's really all on Daniel Jones at this point, too, as well. We've seen signs of him playing well, but the turnovers and the fumbles have been really a killer for him. So he has to be able to take care of the football there this year. And I definitely think, especially Joe Judge going into his second year, I thought the Giants played 
probably a little bit better than when some people thought last year. I mean, they, remember they were only one game back of winning the division, so <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's not. I mean, it's crazy as that sounds. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think they could possibly be in the midst there. But I don't think. I think definitely Dallas and Washington are the far superior teams in that division. But yeah, he's definitely got to show signs that he's the franchise quarterback, or else I think they'll be looking uh, at the draft for a really loaded quarterback class coming up. And Tua, yeah, I um, I written about this i've talked about this plenty of times at nauseum especially with dolphin fans uh yeah i think you know even in his second year he's feeling a lot of pressure um from a lot of different people whether it be the media or the fans but uh i think for good reason the dolphins finished 10 assists last year uh obviously fitzpatrick replaced them in a few games there and the dolphins feel like they can win now and you know you had a lot of talk about deshaun watson and uh, them possibly trading for him obviously yeah. that's probably not going to happen for a lot of reasons but Dolphins feel like they they can make the playoffs this year, and if Tua doesn't necessarily turn that corner and be get it, you know, even though it's only his second year, become the quarterback or start to show signs that he can be a franchise quarterback. Remember, the Dolphins have two first round picks next year, so it, it, it definitely you can see them possibly taking a quarterback in the first round next year too, as well. So it's really a critical time for both of them. I don't, I'm not giving up on either one of them, especially not Tua in his second year, but. Yeah, they definitely start to have to go show, showing signs that they are a franchise quarterback, especially in Daniel Jones' case. Yeah, being his third year, and that's another thing too, Antoine. Those first round picks, the Giants have two, right? And then you said the Dolphins have a couple, so that's even a, another reason to think that it, it could be a make or break year uh, for those uh, those young QBs. Uh, and yeah, I forgot that if the Eagles didn't pull Jalen Hurts from that Week 17 game against Washington and put in. Uh, Who'd they put in? The former Redskins quarterback. Um, uh, 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 I can't remember now. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Uh, anyway, if they didn't do that, uh, the Giants, uh, yeah, could have had a hosted Tom Brady and the Bucks in the playoffs. They were that close in a poor NFC East. All right, uh, let's see. As we go around the league here, Antoine, what? Are, oh, Deshaun Watson, real quick. This this one's impossible to answer, but like does he play this year and if so is it on the texans or a different team do you have any idea how this situation resolves itself the, the name we're looking for is nate sudfeld sudfeld uh, yeah yeah there it is thank you for yeah uh yeah i had to let that out too i was that was crazy <laughs> boggling my mind <laughs> talk about the watson it just it, it, they, I think the Texans probably should have just traded them before the draft i mean i know they didn't really want to but it was one he didn't want to be there and then two you start to see things that was the, the birds start circling and things start popping up then and then he still had interest too at that point i would have just cut bait and try to get as much as you can now you know if you trade them you don't you're not you're getting more pennies on the dollar than what you would have before you probably would have got maybe three first round picks for him definitely you would have got two and a lot of other picks now, what do, you, what do you get for him, especially with so many uh, questions surrounding him, especially his future, not only, you know, in the NFL, but just in general, really. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know if the, uh, the Texans are really in the position to trade him at this point where his value is really at an all-time low. I think the best thing they could do, and I think Houston is starting to realize this too, uh, especially when you got Tyrod Taylor and uh, they end up drafting the quarterback too as well and just, just punt, just punt on the season. That's pretty much what I think they're gonna do. They're just gonna, you know, they're gonna be a three and a three and or a four, three and what is it, three and fifteen? We'll never get used to that. Yeah, yeah, three and fourteen. Think <laughs> now. I'm trying to think of this in my mind. But yeah, they're just gonna win three games probably and 
maybe have the first round pick and you know they could take they can figure out what quarterback they may want to take in the draft this upcoming year and then if you can trade Deshaun Watson for a first round pick or maybe two other first round picks too as well in the process then you start to rebuild your team from there but yeah I don't think you trade him at this point too especially when he doesn't have a lot of value uh, especially with everything that's going around so I expect he's going to sit for the year and you're just going to roll with Tyrod Taylor and just be a bad team <laughs> yeah we have a recurring segment on the show every time we bring up a, a news item related to the texans it's called poor david cully like the guy gets his nfl job and now it, it, we've seen situations like this antoine where guys have been placeholders is he like a placeholder until they bring in their next qb and their new head coach or are they going to give this guy a real shot with a real team that remains to be seen but you want to talk about an awful position to be in your uh, your first year as a head coach yeah i mean i think he he knew what it was when he took it True. Anyway. i mean he knew he knew watson didn't want to be there he knew the Texans were already a bad team to begin with and now you're you know have, you have a top five quarterback that doesn't want to be there and now you got things surrounding him yeah uh legal wise so yeah, I mean, I think as long as he waited for this opportunity, he's probably just happy just to get it <laughs> because maybe nobody else would have given it to him. Yeah. So I guess he try to make the best of it and hope you know hope things work out. Antoine Staley joining us. Antoine, I might have to ask you to come back on uh, next week or in two weeks to talk college football because we're about out of time and we haven't even started with college football. So I might try to, to get you back on here in the next couple of weeks and talk college football, if that's all right. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, I'll throw out a few more NFL's uh, questions before we get out of here today. Uh, let's see. Let's uh, wrap up the NFC here. Uh, I'll throw you the... How about a team that missed the playoffs last year that could be a factor this year? I'm eyeballing two in the West with the Cardinals and 49ers. We'll throw the Panthers in there just to get your take on that. And uh, and how about the Vikings with, with Dalvin Cook and you know Cousins at quarterback? And, and the Cowboys, of course, too, if they're healthy, they are picked to, uh, to win the NFC East right alongside of Washington. But let's go uh, Niners, Cardinals, Panthers, Vikings. Who, who do you like the most out of those teams, Antoine? I like the Vikings. I think, you know, you look at the Bears last year, I know they made the playoffs, even though people kind of forget that because they were one of the teams that benefited from the extra wild card spot. But, yeah, I like I like the Vikings uh, returning back this year, obviously. You know, Kirk Cousins is what he is. He's a, you know, slightly above average quarterback. But I think when you, you know, as long as you have Dalvin Cook healthy and, you know, what they surrounded him offense-wise and offense defensively, I think the Vikings could be a nine or ten win team potentially. Uh, Dallas, I definitely think them and Washington are going to be. That's going to be a really good battle for the NFC East too as well. The Panthers, I want to, I want to believe in the Panthers offensively. I do. Uh, I think Sam Darnold could be good enough to get them to the playoffs, but it's all about the defense. That's really what it boils down to. I need to see signs of this defense taking the next step. And I love Brian Burns. I love some of the, you know, other additions that they made to Derrick Brown, um, obviously Jeremy Chin, but, you know, they just need to do it consistently and still some questions with the secondary, although I like uh, J.C. Horn too as well. On that note, real quick, Antoine, you said you want to believe in the Panthers. Do you believe in, in Matt Rule long-term in Carolina? Uh, I, I don't know. Remains to be seen. Jury's still out. Yeah, yeah. Jury's still out. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's go to the uh, the AFC uh, big picture items. Uh, th- does Baltimore run the North, or are you giving the Browns and maybe the Steelers a shot there? 
I think I think the Steelers are still going to be a team that's going to make the playoffs. I like the Browns too. Uh, I think the Browns. I would probably put the Browns to win the division. Hmm. Uh, the Ravens are going to be there too. I think it could be another situation where you get you know definitely going to get two teams out of that division. Yeah, you know the Steelers are. I mean, the Steelers, I saw the Steelers finish eight and eight and without a quarterback. So I definitely think they're a team that's always consistently going to be in the mix. Whether they make the playoffs or not, I don't know, but they'll they'll be there somewhere. Uh, close to making the playoffs, but yeah, I like the Browns and the uh, Ravens both to make the playoffs. All right, if the Chiefs don't sweep their division games, who beats them? Uh, your Raiders, the Chargers, or the Broncos? Uh, the Chargers. I think the Chargers. Uh, I think the Chargers are a team that's going to make the playoffs. I think they get one of the wild card spots too, especially with the way Herbert's played this year and some of the additions that they made. And I, lo- I love Brandon Staley too as well. But yeah, you definitely see the Raiders getting them too as um, as well as good as that offense is. Defense is not good at all, but as many as how many points the Raiders can score offensively, I definitely think they could potentially get a game from the Chiefs once again. Uh, yeah, I had a stat for sports trivia uh, at AJ's a couple weeks ago. The um, it was this team was I want to say thirteen and three in overs last year. It was the Raiders who scored a lot of points and I guess gave up a lot of points too. Antoine. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good <laughs> football. <laughs> Antoine, uh, sorry to, to to bother you during a Red Sox game, but hopefully our chat distracted you from them losing to the Yankees five to three. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it definitely did. But it's always, a, you know, they got the game at 7. So, <laughs> looking forward to that. Antoine, uh, always great to talk to you, man. And like I said, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna get you back on to talk college football if you'll give us some more of your time either next week or the following week as we get ready for ECU App State and an awesome slate for week one. We got some week zero games coming up uh, next Saturday as well. So a lot of football to talk about. We'll, do, uh, we'll talk more football with you. But Antoine, what do you uh, got going on we need to know about? Uh, yeah, I mean, you can check my stuff out at Athlon Sports, too, as well. Uh, definitely have an article. We're doing articles game-by-game game predictions, college football, also NFL, and also have an article on Daniel Jones and his progress, too, as well. So that was a good segue for what we talked about. <laughs> so you can check me out there. Best place to find me is Antoine Staley on Twitter. Antoine, enjoyed it, man. We'll uh, We'll talk again soon. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Antoine Staley joining us today on the Fixed NC nc live line running through the nfl we're getting back on to talk some ecu and college football uh here before the season begins when we return we got to talk to perry owens before the high school season begins because that is coming up this friday we'll have dh conley football for you right here on pirate radio friday night chandler honeycutt will be on the call for some wideville football coming up this friday night it's a great time of the year As the high school kids get back on the field, we'll have our Washington Pam Pack preview with Coach Perry Owens when we return after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live save lives be a hero and make one thousand dollars your very first month donating plasma at griffles biomat usa start now at biomat usa on 505 south memorial drive a better donor experience and better pay now back to the show Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. 
Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right, earlier this calendar year, the high school football season was played in Pitt County. And we have one of the greatest post-game interviews of all time. It was Ken Watlington from WNCT Channel 9 talking to Washington head football coach Perry Owens, who won the conference and after the game had a fantastic speech. But the line that stood out that we'll never forget, he was uh, telling folks that uh, all the non-believers, all the doubters, that they had to eat their words and not just eat your words. He had a condiment for those words. Shirley Rhodes. Put some ranch on it. Put some ranch on it. Eat your words. Put some ranch on it. And uh, we'll ever we'll, we'll talk about that forever. Uh, every time somebody now has to eat their words, I'm telling them to put some ranch on it. Put some ranch on it. Uh, just a, an amazing line from Perry Owens. And it's time to get ready for another season of Washington Pam Pack football with the head coach of the Pam Pack. Perry Owens joins us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, welcome back to Pirate Radio. How are you doing today? I appreciate it. I'm doing well just trying to get through this uh, first week of staff meetings and all the fun teacher stuff you got to do. <laughs> yeah, it's more than just coaching the game on Friday night, right? Imagine that. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, it, it is game week, and uh, I guess before uh, before I go ahead and, and count those chickens, uh, let me ask, uh, are you uh, are all set to go for Friday night? We had Todd Leip on last week and was – all pumped up for uh, for their season opener, and uh, last I heard, they were looking for a game uh, for Friday night due to to COVID and some issues there. So, how about you guys? Are you guys all set to go for Friday? Well, Lord willing, as of right now, you never know with this uh, Delta variant that's on the loose. But um, as of right now, we are on uh, pace. We're ready to rock and roll, and we're going to play uh, – the Pamlico Hurricanes are coming up to Choppy Wagner Stadium, and we're really excited. Uh, we're excited to play uh, a school that's been really good the last couple of years, a few uh, years away removed from a state championship with a, with a winning tradition. So we're excited. Uh, hopefully, um, I'll feel good about the game when the Pamlico bus pulls up and we see the <laughs> officials. But until then, you got to hold your breath with all this COVID mess coming back. Yes, sir. Uh, you're right about that. Perry Owens joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, uh, very short offseason for you guys. An awkward spring season uh, thrown in there. And, boy, you guys had a fantastic year. And, you know, it's, it's famous by now. Nobody uh, – and, and I don't know, maybe people will still pick against Washington. But if you do, you'll have to eat your words, put some ranch on it. Coach, how did you How did you come back from, uh, from that group? great spring season and uh and and how did you handle the short off season that your football team had well not only short in the sense of football i'm also the head track coach so the same hmm. skill kids the same linemen that were coming back that weren't seniors turn right around and in our program if you play football you run track or play baseball in the spring so i got a lot of our guys back running track so we went through track season which ran all the way to i think the middle of late june um, so we, we got a little bit of break with some dead periods, but we just kind of pushed them the mantra of continue to do what we do with our hard work. And then the bookend with that senior, that senior group last year in that season, that book's closed this year. It's about this group of kids, young and our seniors that are coming up, writing their own story, blazing their own trail. 
it's important for them to understand that we're no longer the underdog. We are the team that is favored in most of our matchups, and it's important to embrace the process of taking it one day at a time, getting better. So this group, I'm excited because you know we there's not a pressure here to be like, well, it's a it's a it's an awful season if we don't get back to the Eastern Finals. You know, this group's just going to take it one day at a time, one game at a time. They're excited to be one of the few senior classes that have the opportunity to go out and never have a losing season. I mean, our, these, these seniors as freshmen won the conference. They won eight games as their sophomore year and, and, and got in this uh, second-place spot for conference. Last in 2019, uh, we won the conference in a co-conference champion situation. And then last year in the spring season, we won the ECC. So we're excited to join the, the new conference, the EPC, and, and we're excited to write our own chapter. Talking to Perry Owens on the Fixed NC Live Line, Coach, and talked to some other coaches around the area. It's a, If you had a younger team in the spring, you could almost use it as a, a glorified spring ball uh, to get you ready for fall. If you had a veteran team, uh, you know, you, you try to win it all uh, as you guys did. How about you? How many returners do you have from that great uh, season we saw earlier this calendar year? So offensively, we bring back 8 of 11. Um, we graduated Jaden Hambrick, who's a scholarship player at running back at St. Augustine's. We lost Juan Rosario. He graduated to the Navy. And we lost big Ben Swinson, who hopefully is going to be walking on at East Carolina in the spring. So we lose three pieces there, but we bring back 8 of 11. Defensively, uh, we bring back 6 of 11, and we've got some new faces. Uh, we lost Walt Gerard, who's currently on NC State's roster as a defensive back. Um we lost a couple of really good seniors to graduation, Chris Hill, on the defensive line. But we've also, you know, while we lost some starters and some experience, we've got some really good young players that are going to step in and play, and we were able to hire Bud Benson as our defensive coordinator to kind of mastermind it with Coach Heck, our D coordinator from last year, who's going to coach linebackers. And we've kind of we tried to upgrade the staff as much as we can and encourage our young guys as we, as we bring back a pretty decent group. Coach, you mentioned it a moment ago. What's it like to go from the the hunter to the hunted? I guess. I mean, do you feel that way? Do you talk to your team about that? Yeah, and it's just understanding you're the target now. You know, and we talk about this. Washington's changed a lot. Back in the day, small three A school that played all the three A's and four A's out of Pitt County. As of yesterday, we got 846 students. We're not three A anymore. So we're, we're a bigger 2A, and we're not the homecoming game anymore like we were in 2017. <laughs> so, you know, it's that mindset of, hey, we got the target on our back, and it's not because people don't like us or, or somebody has something against us. It's just the nature of the beast. We're sitting at one of the top three spots in the ladder, and people want to knock us down. So it's important to embrace the process of worrying about us. In our locker room on a big giant banner, it says uh, it's about us. So everything we do is about us getting better, not the opponent, not the mantra, not not what coverage they're in, not who's the coach, not how many kids they have. It's about us getting better daily. So um, that, that's kind of the approach we're taking. It's a new feeling for sure. It's definitely <laughs> a new feeling to go from the underdog to the favorite. But um, with all due respect, we've earned it, and now we have to learn how to play with it and meet those expectations. Perry Owens joining us. Coach, uh, who are some guys you'll be counting on Friday night and, and the remainder of this uh, 2021 season? Well, I, I think it goes without said. You know, Terry Moore, three-star athlete, the Duke commit. Um, right behind him, Hayes Pippen, our quarterback, our leader. Um, he led that offense that was number one in school history last year at 37 points a game. 
Um, Messiah Ebron's going to step up and fill those uh, roles of Juan Rosario as a primary target. Christian Norman at wide receiver. Um, Drake Melton on the offensive line. And you'll turn around the defensive side of the ball. Wheeler Johnson hopes to to get another all-conference campaign going through. I'm excited to see Kobe Monday and Dawson Mitchell play the linebacker spot. Um, and really, you know, I, I look at two guys that define consistency in our program. They make every lift, every run. They're 4.0 GPA kids. Brian Spruill, our, our all-conference corner, is going to be playing a little bit both ways for us in some packages. And then Romello McCall, uh, we bring him back at the stand-up defensive end. So it'll be how the young guys like Austin Waters and, and KJ and, and Gary Payne, who's a big six foot four, 240-pound defensive end, is a sophomore. It's going to be those guys filling in roles. And we've scheduled accordingly to try to help those young guys grow. So uh, we're, we're excited. Those are our heavy hitters. And, again, you never know, you know, what it'll shake or how it'll sort or who you need. So we just try to get all 70 of our guys ready. And we treat the JV games like varsity and treat the varsity like Saturday. So we try to take it pretty serious. Perry Owens joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Coach, you excited to hopefully get to show off all the hard work your team has put in in front of more fans this season. You had that great spring season and, and didn't get to enjoy it with the packed house there for the Pan Pack. Uh, hopefully you can get some more fans in the stands to see you guys this year, right? Yeah, and it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely becoming a community event. We want people to be there. We want them to support us. You know, in the Eastern Finals at limited capacity because of our stadium size, we had 1,038 paid fans at $10 a piece. Hmm. So needless to say, that helps athletic departments and that helps our non-revenue sports greatly. So we're pushing hard. If you look at our schedule, we've got uh, four home games and six on the road. With the way we've scheduled and the way our school has shrunken in size, we're playing some. We're playing two one A non conference teams, two three A non conference teams. One with eleven hundred students in first flight, and then South Central should be fifteen to eighteen hundred students, about triple our size almost. But um, we'll, we'll play some teams that will challenge us, and then when we get in our conference play, we have to make some noise and, and win the games we're supposed to. And then, uh, in my opinion, it's going to come down to some very big home games, the first one being West Craven. Obviously, they have the East Carolina commit, C.J. Mims, who is the best defensive player, in my opinion, mm. the I-95. And then on the other side of it, we got another massive home game where hopefully we can get it packed out here and Choppy Wagner, and that'll be where Southwest Edge comes. And if I had to be honest with you, we need every Pan Pack football alumni, fan, person to be in the stadium for those because – our conference is going to come down to West Craven and Southwest Edgecombe, and, and you always got to keep your eye open for Todd Life. He's got a few rings to his name, and Aiden Griffin <laughs> seems to be much improved. So we'll, we'll, we got our hands full, but I'm definitely excited to get our community back out and get small-town Friday Night Lights going again. A great uh, football league for sure. Talking to Perry Owens. Perry, you mentioned all the uh, alumni, and, and when you think Washington, I guess you, you first go to Dominique Wilkins, but uh, that great pirate uh, of years past, Terrence Copper, and I was able to work with Terrence and also uh, become friends with Terrence, one of the, the nicest guys you'll ever meet. It's probably tough to do in some regard at the high school level, and, and also you still have guys that are, are locals there, but how much, Coach, at all do you try to connect the past uh, with the current, with your players? Well, I think the first thing we did when I got here, I was introduced to, to Coach Copper, as I call him, and introduced to to his facility out there in Winterville, yeah. Greenville. Um, I'm still figuring that area out. Ha ha. But um, <laughs> no, the the best part about it is we started hanging banners, and we 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 did our research to the state of North Carolina and Shrine Bowl players, East West players, 
um, uh, Division Two, II, Division Three, and Division One alumni guys who went and graduated. So you talk about former Pirates. You know, you mentioned the great Terrence Copper. You mentioned you mentioned alumni like Harold Robertson. I think we have eleven or twelve over the years that have played at East Carolina. We have two or three at the school in Raleigh. I'm not supposed to mention because you're a Greenville radio. <laughs> we couple at Duke, and then you know, just it's been really cool to put their names up and then to have them come home and take a look at it. And guys who are now in central offices, like a Seam McGill over in Riverside, who was played in North Carolina Central. So it's exciting to get that going, but it's also pretty cool to sit down with alumni, especially Coach Copper, and have the conversation of. You know, so many ask me, hey, coach, why aren't we playing so-and-so and so-and-so anymore? And then I tell them, I said, hey, look, we've lost three, 400 kids in our ADM in the last five years. Yeah. And they're like, really? Really? We're, we're that small of a 2A? And it's, yeah, so I've found nothing but support from the ones that understand the mission and the vision. And I, I'm excited. It's the best thing we could have done as a program was Coach Sawyer, who was here for a long time and won right out 100 games and went to a state championship. We had him home during our playoff run. And we had long blue line speakers. That's what the Washington Pan Pack football alumni is. We had him come in and speak and stand on the sideline. And that kind of opened the bridge. So Terrence has been phenomenal. We hope to continue reaching out to, to former Pirates, former Wolfpackers, former Blue Devils, former Aggies, former Eagles. And then anybody like on our coaching staff, Ray Pippen played at Catawba. He's the defensive end. He also played at Washington. Mike Nichols is an alumni here who's a really good high school player. So Kevin Chapman, another ECSU football alumni who's on our staff, who's the offensive line coach. So we try very hard to build the bridge to not only say, hey, we have a pride, a a great legacy here. There's a lot of long blue line pride, but come in as alumni and see how the school has changed and understand the vision moving forward that we, the goal, we ain't nobody's homecoming game. We're nobody's punching bag anymore. And we're going to work really hard to try to put ourselves in position to be competitive or win every single season. Yeah, it's awesome that uh, that you embrace that there at Washington. Talking to Perry Owens on the Fixed NC Live Line, Coach, I was was surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been, but when I first got into this and would talk to coaches, and I found out that that Donnie Kirkpatrick from East Carolina is a fellow Washington football team fan back in the day. So I'd go out to practice on uh, on Sunday night and, and interview him and say, hey, Coach, what do you think of the game today? And he's a fan, but he doesn't get to watch any of the games because he's working. So how about you? Yeah, as a, as a football coach at the high school level, do you have a favorite NFL team? Are you able to watch college football? What's your, your football watching like outside of your Pampack? All right, I'm going to get on my soapbox and stick with me. You got my favorite college football team, and I'm an offensive guy. I could watch Lincoln Riley. I could watch those old East Carolina cut-ups and what they're doing at uh, – Oklahoma now. I love to watch them if I have the free time. Obviously, I played at Old Dominion, so hopefully we'll be a little better than what we were last, the two seasons ago. Um, You know, obviously, I keep an eye on those two. You you can't not help but notice how much better I think East Carolina is going to be. They've done an outstanding job. I think they're going to be a problem for everyone. So those three teams right off the bat, Oklahoma, East Carolina, and um, Old Dominion are who I kind of keep my tabs on. But it's funny now on the NFL side of things. I'll play a little fantasy football in my free time. Okay. The auto line, but but I, it, it's just by by that time you kind of in a bind. If you want to watch college football all day, you got to make sure your huddle work and your game plan is set going into the week as a head coach and how you have every day planned. So I kind of watch a little more college than I do pro. 
Um, I don't mind watching the Sunday night game until I fall asleep in the first quarter, so that's always fun. But, um, nah, I'll keep an eye on that. I'm a Steelers guy. I know that's going to get me some more heat. Can you believe he eats ranch on everything and he likes the Steelers? I can't stand it. But, um, nah, yeah. Hey, your terrible towel comes in good use with all that ranch uh, everywhere, right? Uh, that is the most disrespectful thing ever. I would never put a ranch on my terrible towel, my friend. <laughs> 10-4. Uh, you know what? I, I misspoke there, Coach. Hey, here's a uh, a fantasy question for you. I got my, my big draft coming up Saturday. I got uh, my keepers are Terry McLaurin and DK Metcalf, so I'm good at receiver. I got to go running back. Got sixth overall. Is is How do you feel about Saquon Barkley this year? I know that if he's on the field, it'd be a great pick at six, but can he stay on that field? He's been bit by the injury bug since entering the league. Do you go there, or do you go with a safer pick at six, Coach? Well, I think Saquon's got a – he's a boomer bust guy. I think he's got boom potential. Yeah. I think the red flag out of Giants camp is they've had some veterans retire, if I'm not mistaken, up front. Yeah. What are you providing Saquon with up front? How's Daniel Jones matured in his evolution down the field? To me, and I'm a simple high school coach, I'm loading the box and stopping Saquon and making Jones beat me. So with that being said, I don't know, especially in the NFC East with Washington having a great defense and the Cowboys being able to score like lightning. Man, I'd have to go a safer route. I'd stay off a safe one. Man, I might just have to get you on for fantasy advice. That was awesome. All right, I'm going to look elsewhere. Coach Perry Owens joining us. Coach, uh, final thoughts uh, heading into a 2021 fall football season for your Pam Pack. I know you're, uh, you're fired up, ready to go. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, final thoughts. Let's take it one day at a time, one practice at a time. Understand we are in a very competitive league. I mean, if you think about just Greenville to Washington, you have the, the Big East with Havelock and, and, and all those boys, tight, J.H. Rose and Autumn's Cats tied up. And then in our league, you have a miniature version of that with us, West Craven, Southwest Edge, and then the elite staffs at Aiden Griffin and, and Green Central. So it'll be, a, it'll be an interesting time. I'm hoping and, and really – confident that our young guys will come up to speed that they'll play fast that we'll have a really good non-conference schedule and um ultimately like i said before it's going to come down in our conference if we're all healthy it's going to be west craven washington and southwest edge kind of slugging it out to to secure a conference title and playoff spots because when we get to the playoffs this year there's no subdividing it's all a two-way so all the two-way means the Edentons, the Northeasterns, the Clintons, the Wallace Rose Hills, the, the East Duplins, the Washingtons, the West Cravens. So it's a, it's a really exciting time as long as the NCHSAA holds to, to have 2A all together and, and to be in a position where we are to hopefully make a little noise and take it one day at a time. Perry Owens joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, thanks so much for your time today. Enjoy talking uh, with you here on the show, and we'll check in with you again during the season. Good luck to the Pam Pack this year. Thanks, Sammy. Y'all appreciate it. Perry Owens joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Great to talk with Coach Owens. A uh, lot of good one-liners and uh, and a great football coach as well. Looking forward to seeing what the Pan Pack do for a 2021 encore after their great spring season. Let's uh, take a time out. We'll come back. We'll wrap up hour number two and get ready for hour three, where Stephen Igo, Hoist the Colors, will join us to talk all things ECU football. That and more on the way. We also got a giveaway. We'll make you a winner in hour three as well. It's all ahead on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $1,000 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on our social media. If you want to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, follow us at PR927FM. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's free at free PR927FM. Join the close to 50,000 followers today. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here's Cliff Brock. All right, back with you. Wrapping up Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Then we'll dive into Hour 3 with IGO. Talk all things ECU. That's on the way in just a moment. But I want to wrap up this hour. I just saw that the 49ers are waving quarterback Josh Rosen. And I remember, this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of the show. August is awesome because everybody's undefeated. You think the best possible outcome for your team and the individuals and players on that team. And sometimes you just get hyped up, and it's a little irrational, but you get so excited you buy into it. And I got to tell you, on draft night 2018, when I heard Josh Rosen after he was drafted 10th overall by the Cardinals, I got I jumped on board. Shirley, do you have the audio from Josh Rosen uh, from that draft night when he was picked 10th overall by the Cardinals? I was pretty pissed off. I fell uh, one, two, and three uh, went by, and uh, uh, just kind of went into a blur after that. I was I was really angry. Teams were passing on me. And I was honestly expecting to get picked at some point and have to fake a smile and go up and, and uh, pretend to be happy. But for, but for some reason, when I got picked, all of that went away, and it just went to straight excitement and relief. There were nine mistakes made ahead of me, and I, um, I will make sure over, over the next decade or so that they, they, will, uh, they will know that they made a mistake. All right. If a guy believes in himself that much, I have to believe in him a little bit, right? Well, you... Shouldn't have, and I shouldn't have, uh, because Josh Rosen has been waived by the 49ers. This is his, what, third team? Cardinals. Was he with the Dolphins? Dolphins. Yeah. And now uh, the Niners. And, of course, the Cardinals drafted him. Immediately, they fired their coach. They brought in Kingsbury, and they draft Kyler Murray and say, all right, we made a mistake. You don't see teams reboot that quickly uh, in the NFL. They did it. And it looks like it's going to pay off. Uh, I would love to have Kyler Murray on my roster right now. So Josh Rosen said there was going to be nine, there was nine mistakes, and for the next decade, he was going to show that to the NFL. I go, uh, Stephen Igo is here. Let's play a quick game. I go. Did teams make a mistake passing on Josh Rosen? Uh, first up, Cleveland and Baker Mayfield. No. Okay, I, I would agree that would be a no. The Giants, Saquon Barkley definitely not the jets <laughs> sam darnold no but i mean darnold at this point is a complete unknown but he's been better than rosen denzel ward to the browns definitely not bradley chubb your broncos he's been hurt but still better than josh rosen quentin nelson definitely pretty sure better. he's been an all pro josh allen to definitely, the bills yeah uh, he got paid the Ro- other day roquan smith bears beast, beast. Mike McGlinchey, 
I uh, just saw I go. He signed uh, to stay on with the 49ers, so they think enough of him as a tackle to keep him in San Francisco. I'm going to say they didn't make a mistake either. I think that's nine for nine and not making a mistake. <laughs> and Josh Rosen, 10th. This is a pretty good draft, by it the way. It really is. There's you, no bust really in the top. Maybe maybe Darnold. I guess. Maybe that's it. But then you go on from there. Minka Fitzpatrick, Vita Vea, Deron Payne. He's a good player for Washington. So, uh, and you go even further down. Derwin James, who has had injuries, but he's good. A lot of pro bowlers. Leighton Vander Esch with the Cowboys. So this was a good draft outside of one Josh Rosen uh, with the Cardinals. And again, that uh, organization has moved on from him. Real quick, as we go to break, I go, I, I, I've got a name in mind. I thought Johnny Manziel was going to be good in the NFL and would have, uh, if I had to bet one way or the other, I would say he would have been a, a pro bowler and would have been way off on that one. Uh, who, who did you think was going to be good? Who were you on board with and they made you like a fool? Uh, two that come to mind for my favorite team, the Broncos, uh, a quarterback, Paxton Lynch, because I love what he did at Memphis. I mean, he really was fun to watch in Memphis. And I think I let the Kool-Aid get to me as they traded up to, to draft him. And we all know John Elway doesn't know how to draft quarterbacks despite being a great quarterback. The other one, kind of a random one, but Ashley Lalee. Ashley Lalee. Out of Hawaii. I remember him. First round pick. Had a really good like first year, good preseason. Thought he was going to be like a number one receiver, but he just never, never panned out. Chandler, you like every Panther that's ever played in Carolina, but is there one guy that like you thought was going to be awesome that was not, and you finally had to admit you were wrong about Vernon Butler, defensive tackle? tackle. Yeah, that was the most boring pick to at the time. Just the, the last thing they needed was a D tackle with kk short and he just never even really came close to startled to delay too yeah, he, ended up, he was a he was a beast uh at the defensive tackle position then he went out uh, with his defensive coordinator sean mcdermott to buffalo yeah. and then that's really when things went downhill for the defensive tackle position for the panthers because then we ended up getting <laughs> vernon butler who was not good and then kk short started having injury problems so yeah i would say in the in the most recent years i think vernon butler uh, I think Kelvin Benjamin you could put up there, even though he did have some productive, some he productive off, games, man. and then he just fell off. He he just got. I think he's already been cut by the Giants. I um, want to say he did he no he it wasn't to, him it was uh funches who I saw this weekend caught a pass. I was thinking, but Benjamin yeah. tried to come back as a tight end or something. I want because he gained so much weight. Yeah, I still remember covering the Panthers in that one training camp. He showed up like super super fat and out of shape and that's like all i wrote about for two days we don't fat shame people on the show but it would be funny if he kept showing up like all right tight end didn't work i'm gonna be a defensive end all right that didn't work i'm gonna be a run stuffing defensive tackle like he just kept getting fatter and tried to update his position by how fat he was yeah that'd be that's what i would do if i was him the the one picture this might be the same one you're talking about i go is the one that i thought it literally was photoshopped because he looked so big yeah but it wasn't it what the, the sad thing was is that it wasn't photoshopped he had gained so much weight he had gone off whatever diet he was on and was not taking care of himself and it was just a absolute embarrassment not just for him but also the carolina panthers and uh, things have gone downhill for him since. It was just him walking out of the training camp, like no pads or anything. Just right. him in a shirt. And, and just, you thought he yeah. had pads on. Exactly. It was it was not good. Did you go down to Spartanburg when you were covering the Panthers? I did a couple times. That day, it was just on the internet, though, where I came across that picture. And that was all 
Panther fans want to talk about, which got me through a week of content, which was good. Uh, Chandler, is Vernon Butler still in the NFL? I believe he plays for the Bills, the Carolina Bills. <laughs> I was going to ask if you – you're right, he does. Where every former Panther goes, including Luke Keekley. Oh, I didn't want you to bring that up. Now I'm upset. He's cheating on uh, oh, you yeah. and I, us. I meant to quote tweet that video of him uh, <laughs> helping the linebackers out. I yeah. meant to tweet that out and say, now he's cheating on both of us and yeah. tag you and Billy Weaver. He's not a two-timer. He is a three-timer, that, that Luke uh. Keekley. And what? had the gear on. Did he have gear on when he went to y'all's practice? I don't know. I, he, he was decked out in Buffalo Bills. He's Bills dead gear. to me now. I, I don't care about Luke Keekley at all. He's no longer an honorary Washington football <laughs> okay, team member. Okay, dude, you're t- like taking offense to a guy that showed up to a practice. <laughs> Try being a fan of him for eight years. No, my dream was he was going to start coaching the linebackers, and one guy would get hurt, and then he'd just go in and play. And like be an all pro with Kinda Washington. Like a certain player for a certain university that we'll talk about at the end of the on the other side of the break. What a segue by Chandler Honeycutt. That's why he's the best in the business. And he is guiding young intern Jalen on how to be the best in the business. Shirley Rhodes is here as well. Steven Igo is here. We'll talk pirate football. I got a lot to talk about, Igo, because I have been away, so you're gonna have to catch me up on what's been going on out at practice we also have to talk about the best team in the nfl based upon the first week of preseason are you serious <laughs> yes oh god all right fine look it's exciting it's an exciting month everybody's happy i go is now he psyched himself up into thinking his nfl team's gonna be good when really they're gonna go five and twelve and have to find a new quarterback but right now they're great everything's great all right we'll take a time out come back more to go after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back at Angel Oak. They continue to make customer service the number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oak's wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back into the show. Here's Clip Brock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Glad to be back. Great show yesterday as um, we debuted the Players Lounge with all the ECU players. That was really fun to listen to and get to know some of the Pirate players. And as a matter of fact, uh, we've got them uh, the Players Lounge edition of the Pirate Radio podcast coming up at 6 o'clock tonight. All right. Uh, Good stuff. uh, We'll have back-to-back episodes. The first one will feature Holt Nailers and DJ Ford. And then the second one will be C.J. Johnson, Tyler Sneed, and Rajay Harris. So you can hear that at 6 o'clock. And, uh, of course, Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith on as well. Uh, Xavier is a natural behind the microphone. I go, uh, we've talked over the years about our all-media all, all media friendly team. 
what was the award the NFL gives out? Like for the oh, best yeah. uh, media friendly guy, <laughs> that was a real thing we learned not too long yeah. ago. Uh, but like Zeke Bigger comes to mind, mm-hmm. who was a go to guy. But uh, Xavier Smith, he's Mister Personality, I think on uh, on this football team. Yeah, he seems to have a great personality, and you know, I, I think it's it's interesting listening to him and Bruce Bivens talk at the same time because both of them i think are leaders on defense but bivens as the mike linebacker is kind of the mouthpiece of the defense but you wouldn't get it just from talking to him maybe in an interview setting he seems more reserved but on the practice field he is uh he's pretty loud he's ordering guys around and you know both those guys it's crazy to think xavier smith going into his fourth year at ecu and bruce vivens his fifth year at ecu so it's just uh hopefully those guys can experience the winning that they uh they deserve no doubt and uh we are hoping for that and glad to have those guys on board with us mondays here on pirate radio live all right let's uh we had a good discussion coming back into the break steven first of all you said something interesting i'll form it into a question which game for east carolina is more winnable in your opinion is it week one in charlotte against appalachian state or is it week two at home against south carolina First off, I'm entertained by what you're drawing on the paper over there. Um, Maybe I have some form of uh, <laughs> disorder. But I'm just trying to figure out what it is, but I'm entertained. I don't know. It's, just, it's like an abstract. Or yeah. whatever. You're just... doing like a live art project on the air, which is entertaining. <laughs> uh, but no, I, honestly, you know, I, I rank South Carolina ahead of App State in terms of opponents that are hardest to easiest because of their SEC talent. But the closer we get to kickoff and the fact that it's at home, I think App State is less winnable, if that's a phrase, than I think South Carolina is the more winnable game just based on what I'm seeing. Like, I'm seeing a lot of uncertainty with their team right now. Uh, we'll get into the quarterback situation in a minute, but their, their best cornerback who transferred in from Kansas, he left the program. Last I heard, their other starting cornerback was questionable for the season opener. Uh, they had a converted receiver who's running with the ones as their corner right now. Uh, one of their defensive tackles, who was a former four-star recruit, got hurt the other day in practice. They've had a couple other guys get hurt. Like They just seem to have a lot of personnel. One of their backup offensive linemen transferred out. They're, a lot of personnel questions, new coaching staff. It's all on top of them being picked last in the SEC yeah. to begin with. Even if like they're fully healthy, they're lo- yeah, which he, that's you know SEC, yeah. but still... They they were they're probably going to struggle in 2021 if everything's going right for them. Yeah, their best offensive player Kevin Harris, the running back, he hasn't practiced uh, lately due to a back injury. So that, and, and Shane Beamer keeps coming out and saying like none of these injuries are a big deal, but at some point like you got to have some dudes to win games. So um, you know that game still concerns me if I'm East Carolina because of you know their experience on the offensive line and defensive front. They got some really good pass rushers defensively, but. That's a winnable game, man. I mean, that if you want to have South Carolina in your building in a year where you can win the game, this is the year. I mean, they're very gettable at home. ECU fans need to show up for that game because that is a major opportunity. I don't care how down the program is. If you beat an SEC school, it's going to make uh, regional headlines, if not national headlines. So it's a chance really for East Carolina, you know, not looking past App because that's a really, really important and difficult game. But that's going to be a crucial home opener as well. All right, Igo, before we get into the details on this South Carolina quarterback story, I see that they've added someone to the active roster. So what does that mean for a college team? Like, How many players does East Carolina have, do you think, that's not on the active roster? 
Like, I didn't know it was like well, NFL where you had to have a 53. What is it for college? I think in camp it's 105. You can have 105 in camp and then maybe 125 total. I don't know the exact number once the season begins, but there's you have a camp roster and then you uh, you can expand it once the season gets going as well. So, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that situation with South Carolina is strange, but you can add guys to the active roster if you're not at your limit. So, Zeb Nolan uh started the season as a graduate assistant for south carolina so this is uh, it's kind of like if lincoln riley when he was at texas tech yeah. with mike leach right like he he was a i guess a quarterback coming up but then realized he was never going to play we got right into coaching this would be a, a situation like that um so they had an injury luke Doty. is that how you say it sprained yes, his yes. foot in practice last week they were down to Jason Brown, Connor Jordan, Colton Gauthier. Gauthier. Uh, so they had three QBs. They add Zeb Nolan to the mix, uh, to the rotation at quarterback. And this was a guy that was not planning on playing uh, football in 2021. It shows you how dire their situation is right now at I mean, QB. What have you ever heard of a grad assistant going to you know one day he's coaching the next day he's out there practicing with the quarterbacks i saw a picture of him he was wearing number 25 so it's one thing to just do it at like line like special teams but quarterback you just gotta roll it reminds me of the emergency goalie in hockey where they pull a guy out of the stands basically (laughs) and just put him in but i saw a quote too from being where he was like you know he he did play at i think it was north dakota state uh, behind trey lance yeah as a backup But he, you know, Beamer was like, "Yeah, we he's solid. We won't hesitate to play him. I mean, he, he's ready to go." I'm like, "Yeah, he was a grad assistant for a reason. Like, I mean, you don't just bring your grad assistant Adam to the depth chart for no reason. I mean, you look at their quarterback room, Doty, with him out. Their number one quarterback right now is a transfer, Jason Brown from Saint Francis University, I think. Sure. Um, and the backup is a walk-on, Connor Jordan and Colton. I don't know how to pronounce his name. He's a freshman. So, I mean, they need, you know, the somebody's got to throw to the receivers yeah. in practice. Tony's out. They need somebody. Yeah. You know, luckily for them, they open with Eastern Illinois. You know, I don't think Tony Romo's coming back, so they should be able to win that game. But after that, I mean, they go to East Carolina. I think they have Georgia the following game. So, I'm uh, sure it doesn't get easier. No, it's, uh, I was on their, their radio station the other day, a radio station in South Carolina, and, um, that, I mean, they're concerned about the ECU game. They see it as a game where it's it's not a game. They got to go on the road. They know it's going to be a tough environment against a, a pretty experienced team in terms of what's coming back. So uh, upper I, decks gonna be rocking. The upper decks gonna Thanks be packed. To Bill Clark Holmes. The lower bowl will probably be like fifty percent full, but at least the upper deck will be packed. They have a bunch of uh, passed out kids in the boneyard. Uh, but no, that's going to be exciting. I asked uh, while we're on the subject. I asked Billy Weaver this earlier. How important is week one against App State when it comes to the crowd for week two against South Carolina? Is it a big deal, I go? Do they have to win? Do they have to play close? Can they lose by a couple touchdowns and still have the energy for week two? How important is week one? I mean, I think it is. I think it's important. I don't think it's going to like take it from 40,000 to 50,000. Um, I was kind of kind of thinking from a negative stand. How yeah. how, how low? How hurt, how much could it hurt? I mean, if you go out there and you get smacked by app, then I think a lot of fans on the fence would not come. Whereas if you go out and win that game or even have a great showing, and oh man, fall short. I think you're going to have a lot of those people show up. You know, you look at it on paper. Right? You got 
12,700 season tickets. Hopefully that number gets to 13,000. The student power club, I think, is nine or 10,000. So let's say that's 23,000, then the 6,000. So that's around 29, 30,000 tickets accounted for. South Carolina's allotment, you would assume they'd bring what? Three to 5,000. And then how many single game tickets can you sell? I mean, you're probably at least over 40,000 for that game. And if you win the App State game, maybe you get closer to full capacity. The, the problem is that noon start, I think, is going to take a couple thousand away. If it was a 3.30 kickoff or 6 p.m. kickoff, I think you would have uh, close to a full house. Yeah. But it's hard to sell that many season tickets or single game tickets when your season ticket sales aren't that high. True. They're trying to get to, what, 13 at the end of this yeah, week? Yeah, 13, which, you know, is an improvement considering the pandemic but it's still not where they need to be that means I mean, if, if you have thirteen thousand season tickets plus the student power club you're you're a little over twenty thousand then you're having to sell you know seventeen thousand single tickets every single home game just to get to forty thousand so i just think realistically you're probably looking at more thirty five thousand for home games this year for most home games uh and then hopefully if the momentum from the early part of the season builds like if you go out let's say you beat app and you beat south carolina you know, how many more people jump on board and buy season tickets for the last five games? Stephen Iger, Hoist the Colors here. He had an article earlier today that's right up my alley. Projected ECU starting lineup on offense week one against Appalachian State. You know, I knew when I clicked publish that you were going to enjoy that article. Love a depth chart. Love a projected starting lineup. I was all over it. Uh, you can check that out right now at Hoist the Colors. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back and talk about what's been going on at ECU football practice and uh, what the rest of the week looks like as far as practice schedule goes leading up to a big Saturday media day. Meet the Pirates, equipment sale, scrimmage number two. Saturday? Saturday, yeah. Big day on Saturday. Talk about that and what's been going on when we return after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by carolina hardscapes making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace pool walkways fire pits or more then carolina hardscapes is the place to call get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes on fire tower road across from bostic sug furniture now back to the show welcome back uh, quality equipment is your full service john deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you quality equipment is open in winterville next to sam's club or you can go online at uh, qualityequip.com to find the location near you now let's head back into the show here's your host clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you here on pirate radio live on a tuesday coming up at the end of this segment we'll make you a winner open up the pirate radio booty bag we'll uh talk some pirate football but real quick i just saw this from bovada which NFL head coach will be the first to leave his position this offseason? Interesting wording. doesn't say fired. He could step down. Uh, there are two favorites, both in the same division. Matt Nagy with the Bears and Mike Zimmer uh, with the Vikings are both plus 700. That's the, uh, the lowest odds there. Um, Zach Taylor with the Bengals at plus 800, followed by Vic Fangio. I go at plus 900. Do you see a scenario where, well, sure, I guess you do, where he doesn't survive the 2021 season? 
absolutely new gm uh he's got to win or he's gone i mean it's that simple they gave the gm i think a six-year deal because he very well may need to blow it up and bring in his own coach and quarterback but you know this is the last year where they they have a ton of their best defensive players on a one on the last year of their contractor on one-year deal so they've kind of gone all in on his defensive side and we'll see if it works he has never won a game in september as a head coach and this year they have a very easy september schedule so i could see if they get off to a poor start against a weak schedule he could be fired by the end of september honestly wait so how long has he been there two years the this broncos have been oh and oh and four four each of the last two years yeah well Maybe i mean oh and three yeah with a canceled game or something but yeah and then but last year we were talking about the injuries earlier and i said i was gonna bring it up with you von miller went down preseason yeah i looked it up sutton played one game played the first game towards acl like the first play of the second game wasn't there other players that were out before the season even started oh yeah they lost uh all pro defensive tackle jarell casey couple other guys um it was over before it AJ started Bouye, who's now with the panthers yeah i mean they they got hit hard with injuries like right at the start of the year um so we'll see I, i'm optimistic about the defense and still not sold in the quarterback even though they did look like the best team in the nfl this past weekend all right we you wanted to address that we did we can now move on yeah i mean in reality i was joking because <laughs> preseason is a joke and hey man uh, good to be excited about something though right? but i was not excited at all about the season until i watched the game drew lock hit an 80 yard bomb to kj hamler patrick Sertain, ps oh yeah ps2 had a pick six so yeah pick six for the i mean uh, their corners they've got patrick Sertain, bryce callahan uh kyle fuller and who's the guy that was always hurt with the football team? Oh, uh, was it Darby? Yep, and Darby. So they yeah. got four starting cornerbacks. Um, and fantasy folks love Williams. Uh, Javante Williams. Javante Williams looked really from good. From North Carolina. Too. So I want to roster I mean, him. They honestly have a great team. They just have Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And Vic Fangio. And Vic Fangio. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I can't think of a more boring head coach. I mean, if he um, wins, I'll take it, but he's not winning. Scott Service. Scott. <laughs> Why yeah. do all your teams uh, – what's the guy from uh, – who's the uh, – Michael Malone. Yeah, Michael Malone's pretty hype. Yeah, though, he'll right? get hype, I guess. You do, you got some boring coaches, though, I guess, I will say. All right, uh, Mike Houston, not boring. Uh, how about from an injury standpoint with the Pirates, Stephen? Noah Henderson coming off an injury, trying to get back into uh, to playing shape. I'm not. I, I want people to to sign up VIP. Go to Hoist the Colors. Check out your article. Uh, so I don't want to go over the whole thing. But it's Noah Henderson and your projected ECU starting lineup. He's not due to just he's not just quite ready. To, yet. I, I mean, he very well might be. If he keeps progressing, but I think right now it'll be a bonus if they go into the seat. I think he'll play a lot. Uh, you know, Shank showed last year and the year before that he's not afraid to rotate it at offensive line. Um, but I think if you're the coaching staff, you're still weary of how much do you trust a guy coming back from a long-term back injury or whatever. So I think you maybe roll with uh, you know the two tackles right now, probably Bailey Malavik and Justin Chase. But I think Noah Henderson will get some time as long as he stays healthy. And the good thing is he's he stayed out there uh, the the first few weeks of camp hasn't really shown any issues with it. We have seen a, a major change in college football. There used to be an injury report. I don't know if that was mandated or not. For uh, ECU, I think they just did it. 
and the media. It used to be, I think, even before you kind of got into it, Stephen, like during the Holtz era, it was pretty detailed, and they would update it every week, and it, we it was something we could go by. And then it got to the point where if a guy was out for the year, he'd be on the injury yep. report, and that's it. And now I don't even know if we get anything at all. Early Ruff and McNeil, we got we got questionable, probable, doubtful out, like yeah. NFL, NFL style. Yeah. And then I think towards the end of his tenure, we ended up getting more just out. And then Scotty Montgomery, it turned into just guys out for the year. They were listed as out. Yeah. And that was it. And, you know, if it's not mandated, why would you do why it? Why would you do it? I mean, I don't blame any. It, it is a personnel thing. If you're a coaching staff trying to prepare for a game, you look at the personnel you're going to face. You look at where they're likely to line up because all that is important when you're you're in the box and you're calling out who's on the field. Hey, they got five DBs, or they got this guy at this position. Like all that is important. If you know who's out, there's no benefit to putting it out. There's no benefit at all. I mean, to be quite honest, I mean, yeah, for us in the media, we would like to know. No benefit for the team, but then for the team, from a strategic standpoint, it uh, it changes how you prepare. Now it's all meaningless once the ball's kicked off, but in terms of going into a game and your pregame prep, it does matter. On that note. what do you know right now as far as the health of this ECU football team? I think they're pretty healthy. I mean, I think they got some guys who have been in and out. They've had a few guys with concussions or, you know, normal camp stuff. I, I haven't heard of anything significant, and from being out of practice, have not noticed anybody significant missing an extraordinary amount of time. You know, Tyler Sneed and Sean Bailey both missed last week due to some stuff, but they're back. Uh, they were back at the start of this week. Uh, Josiah Hatfield, I think he was banged up a little in the scrimmage, so he was out Monday when we were out there, but I don't think it's a long-term deal. So, um, knock on wood, they've been fortunate as far as avoiding that you know, big camp injury that seems to to happen to some teams. We've seen it in the past. Kurt Benkert, that was on what game week? Or right before game week in yeah. 2015. And he was just running around in practice and took a wrong step towards ACL. So, you never know uh, going into uh, to the season or finishing up camp how it'll play out, and that's why you got to have depth. I go uh, the Braves and Ozzie Albies, and a lot of those guys are killing it right now. But Ozzie Albies is a little guy. You can't really see it in his baseball uniform, but they talk about how powerful and strong he is in his compact body. And yesterday, looking at Tyler Sneed, very, you know, he's, we know his height. He's a yeah, short I mean, guy. He's listed at 5'7", might be 5'5". Five, five. But, like, he is well put together. Oh, he's jacked, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, pound for pound, you always hear that phrase. Like, legitimately, if he was three, four inches taller, he'd be all over draft board. Like, he, he looks like uh, a grown man and, and you know, a, a kid's body, I guess. It is a shame because if he was 5'10", he would definitely be an NFL pick or an NFL signee. You know, I you see so many of those slot guys in the NFL that work out, like Julian Edelman, et cetera, but most of those guys are Cole Beasley, but most of them are closer to 5'9", 5'10". You know, Tyler's he's so slight of stature, and I'm not trying to knock on him. That's just kind of the, the fact of the imagination. I, I really wonder how NFL teams will evaluate him because as far as – you know his style of play and his ability to get open in his hands like all those are elite i just wonder if he's almost too short for nfl scouts you know i would love to see how big cole beasley is um because you know he kind of reminds me of him because he was the, he was a, speaking of he just popped up on tv but uh he was a menace at smu for many of the same reasons 
and who knows how much you can trust this listed at five eight yeah so i mean if cole beasley can do it at five eight you know tyler sneed i think could do it even if he's five six i mean we've seen darren darren sproles yeah uh other guys i mean there's a role for a guy that has elite short space quickness and ability to get open in the nfl so and those guys are tough to uh to tackle and yeah. tyler sneed has shown that ability too. oh he's he's just good in, in every facet of the game so I, I really do think his game will translate to the pros it's just a matter of whether he gets a shot uh steven did i see during a vip chat you were asked who will have the third most receptions was it yards uh, or receptions? Receptions. And I, it was a tough question. Third to most receptions for ECU this season. All right, Chandler, off the top of your head, who would you say? And we're going to assume Sneed and CJ are one, two? Yeah. You don't have to, but that's what I'm assuming. I'm between uh, Amatosho and Hatfield. Okay. That's probably where I would have been going. And I don't know if Steven's trying to be like, hey, I'm the smartest guy in the room. If this doesn't hit, it doesn't matter. But if it does, I can brag about it. Or if Steven really believes his answer, and your answer was... I don't even remember. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was Josiah Hatfield. I thought you said Shane Calhoun. No, somebody else said Shane Calhoun. Oh, crap. I I had a great setup for that. I think I said Hatfield or Calhoun. Because I think Audio Matosho to me, like we've heard so much about him until he goes out and does it in a game. <laughs> that was so funny that you were like taking away about what you Legit, said. When you and then the, I had the wrong guy. When you brought up the question, <laughs> I'm like, who did I even answer for that? I want to say I said Hatfield or you. Maybe I said Hatfield or Calhoun. Okay, Calhoun was listed there, and I know I did not say Matosho. I know you did not either. I was surprised. Not really surprised. I, I just wasn't thinking tight end, to be honest with you, because it's been so much of a non-proven commodity for East Carolina's offense. <laughs> the one thing that I really liked about the scrimmage the other day that I saw was on third down and short, or third and medium, Hell Naylor's one of his first... Under center. Was he under center? No, he was in the shotgun. Damn. One of his first reads on third down was Shane Calhoun. How hmm. many times have we seen ECU go to the tight end in a third down situation? Uh, Not since Bryce Williams. 2007, Devon Drew. <laughs> Basically right. Um, no, that's good. And you think he's going to be a part of the offense. I, 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 I'm I, cool with that answer if that is legit, if that could possibly be. And you know what? I like both of those candidates because we were missing out on some Josiah Hatfield in 2020. Speedster. You know, the one thing that worries me about Hatfield – and I think I may have said him, is he's more of a big play guy rather than a volume catch guy. <laughs> Shirley, you all right? Sorry. Okay, all right. She's really enjoying the show. I thought she was disagreeing with me for a second. But, uh, no, he's more of a big play guy. Omitosho, kind of the same way. Like, I don't know if he's going to be a huge catch guy. Yeah. But Calhoun, I can see doing some damage underneath. So, I really don't know, man. I really think it's going to be a big drop-off from Sneed and yeah. CJ kind of like we saw i guess with uh all right here we go who will be our third hobus hatfield who will be our third hatfield or calhoun so you you gave an or i goes now like the ecu Uh, depth chart or i mean to be honest the interesting thing see it was me seeing calhoun even listed because i didn't think that was a possibility but who else could it be I mean, you go like Omatosho is the obvious answer because he's supposed to. But you're right; he's going to be like a three for eighty guy yeah. or whatever. Or and two Hatfield, for I see, is the same way. 
Yeah. So I don't. I just don't know. I think it's going to be Sneed with a bunch, CJ with a lot, and then a bunch of guys with like. Here's one for you. Twenty catches at season's end. Keaton Mitchell. Now that's a good. Honestly, I, I mean, don't, I don't believe it. But if you go with a running back, I mean, I think those guys are going to get three to four catches a game. Yeah. Yeah. If they, well, if they do that, then I'll have them. Yeah. It, now you're you're saying combined or that's the problem uh, yeah, they're gonna split know. the catches i mean uh, i saw a lot of short passes on saturday if they stick with that game plan you could see the the running backs get a lot of catches a lot of talk i go and again i was not around so i'm just basing it off of voice the colors and others that uh i guess the offense struggled is that fair to say during i would the say the the backup offense struggled the okay. first team offense i thought looked fine now the running game was not great but uh, they also didn't run Rajay and, and Keaton a lot. And, and Good. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. It's like... Yeah, Antoine they, Staley was on earlier, and we're talking about McCaffrey not playing, and he said, well, you know, you don't need to run no. these running backs in preseason games. What's the point? If you know what you have. Now, Rajay and Keaton Mitchell have only played one season, but I've I, we've seen enough of them to know that we don't need to see a ton of them during scrimmages getting their brains beat in for no yeah. reason give them enough work to stay to stay ready yeah. and to you know be used to contact but there's just no need especially with the poundings running running backs take you got to develop depth in the room so you give those guys a lot of work and joseph mckay uh aza barnes and some of those other guys macy o'donnell got a lot of work they need the work they, they need, need the work yeah. to get ready so like a lot of people freak out about the offense didn't look good well first off they were missing uh two key linemen sean bailey and trent holler and with Fernando Fry playing guard with Bailey out, your backup center was Grant Copeland, a walk-on. So, like, your second and third team, you had a, a you know a second-year walk-on playing. And he's got a chance to be a good player in a couple of years. But a lot of that has to – you know, that takes away from your offensive line. And then you got moving parts of running back, moving parts of receiver. So, there's, there was just a lot of different things going on with the offense. So, yeah, they didn't look comfortable. The backup quarterbacks didn't look comfortable. But – at the same time, I'm not really concerned. You know, ECU's defense throws a lot at those quarterbacks. So they're kind of learning quickly. And I think if he threw Mason, Garcia, or Alex Flynn out there with the first-team offense, they would be a little more comfortable. Steve and I go hoist the colors joining us here inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Let's, uh, let's take another time out. As we go to break, let's open up the booty bag and make somebody a winner on this Tuesday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. Shirley, what are we giving away today? Uh, let's see. Let me give away. How about a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company? All right, ENS Hemp Company on the line. $25 gift card. What caller are we looking for? I'm going to go with caller 8. Caller 8, 317-1250. We'll be back with more Pirate Radio Live after this.
You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Making memories with your family and friends is is what? life is all about and if you have a dream of making a backyard patio fireplace or some pool walkways fire pits or more then carolina hardscapes is the place to call at 364-1201 or you can stop by the carolina hardscapes outdoor showroom on fire tower road across from bostic sub furniture get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes and congratulations to lonnie kinker of chesterfield virginia picked up a $25 gift card to ENS Hemp Company. Are you one who has been waiting before trying CBD? ENS Hemp is the area leader in CBD and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Big win for the kink. Congratulations, Lonnie. We got a few minutes left to go with Stephen Igo. Stephen, what is uh, what you looking forward to seeing at practice this week? Um, Where are we? When do we get to app preparation? Are we there yet? Uh, Sunday. Sunday begins. Well, I guess technically Sunday is off, but I mean, not that they're not already looking at app. But yeah, like the coaches the... will officially really dive into app Sunday once they conclude the scrimmage and so this is the last week of camp class starts monday and then really next week app prep begins because you got to remember it's a short week thursday game so uh you, let's go rough and mcneil style sunday so, will be a monday no <laughs> no sunday will be a tuesday, tuesday. <laughs> monday will be a wednesday tuesday will be a thursday thursday wednesday will be a friday and then thursday's your saturday thursday there you friday. go Man, he used to run through that every press conference, and it was amazing. <laughs> yep, he had it figured out. We were just trying to keep up. That is exciting, Stephen. This is the last Saturday with no football because week zero begins the 28th. What's the week zero schedule looking like? Any good games? Garbage. Any acceptable games? Like I feel like at least East Carolina Marshall would have been well a, a pretty watchable game, even if you're a college football fan. There's a Big Ten matchup um involving tony peterson well that's that's enough is that acceptable? I, mean, I love watching chase hayden run in tony peterson's offense nebraska at illinois i mean that that to me is a a good game okay one I o'clock mean, on fox it's not a good game but it's a game that i'll watch and to be quite honest that is quite an attractive lineup considering that it's the first week of football strong disagree uconn at fresno state i mean you're not looking you're not looking to see what randy etzel will get done i i guess what year is this for randy etzel at UConn? <laughs> Combined? Or his second second, second time around? I don't know. They didn't play last year, so you can't count that. Um, I wonder if he got a bonus for playing Week Zero. I'm imagining he did. UConn at Fresno State. Hawaii at UCLA. It's an interesting game. Chip Kelly needs to do something this year, right? Yeah, I think they made strides last year, though. Okay. Now, uh, you want to talk about a rivalry. When I used to play NCAA and I had UTEP, there was not a bigger game on my schedule than New Mexico State. I mean, that was a true rivalry, UTEP and the Aggies of New Mexico State. 
I got a problem with this one, though, I got. It is on. It's on Bally Sports. Bally Sports. Slash Flow Football. Don't know what that is. Is Flow Football a uh, subsidiary of Flow, Flow TV? Sports. <laughs> or whatever that is Flow called. Sports, yeah. Where the subscription is like thirty nine ninety five a month. And then San Jose State went uh, undefeated in league play last year. They will take on Southern Utah 10 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. I mean, yeah, overall you're right. The only game I'll be watching is probably uh, Neb at Ill. Yeah, and that is the early one, 1 o'clock on Fox. Week one, on the other hand, we got some doozies, uh, some great matchups. Uh, we'll uh, we'll break that down once we get closer to it. Uh, you want to look at them, Stephen? For a second, I thought it said Charlotte SC, but it does say Charlotte, North Carolina for ECU and App. St. Francis. Is that the school you were talking about a moment school, ago? Yep. All right, they play at Eastern Michigan. That sounds fun. What is the, uh, let's see, Saturday? Uh, we got Friday games. UNC, Virginia Tech. That is an interesting game. Hey, we got week one saturday college football off because ecu plays on thursday i'm very excited about this i'm gonna watch football all day holy cross at uconn i mean i'm gonna take uconn it's gonna be a big game yeah for uh for the huskies and then georgia clemson i guess the headliner uh the duke's mayo bowl part two some pretty good games texas tech houston it says in houston texas i guess they're playing at the texan stadium reliant is it still called that don't know i think it's nrg Ah, uh, yeah, you're probably right. Sunday, 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 Notre Dame at Florida State, and then Monday night football, Louisville, Ole Miss. Two overrated teams going at it, Notre Dame and Florida State. Can't wait. I go, you're going to join us on uh, Tuesdays, I believe. Are we still going to do picks? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, that's half the reason I come. All right. Just well, to beat you. Good, bad, ugly, and picks on Tuesdays on Pirate Radio Live. I think you missed blake harrell's comments about good bad and ugly apparently the defense has a review where they do the good bad and ugly as well so we'll have to get his take interesting all right ever again thanks for hanging out steven check out hoistacolors.net anything else to plug no well actually yes we have a 75 percent off deal running right now on hoisted colors through tomorrow night at midnight uh if you're a new subscriber you can sign up on hoisted colors 75 percent off that's less than three dollars a month and less than $25, I believe, or just over $25 for an entire year for VIP content, recruiting scoop, got a potential big commitment coming up this week, and a ton more practice reports, all that stuff. So uh, sign up now. Shirley, do we need to take another break? Let's do it right now. We'll come back, wrap up Pirate Radio Live. Thank you, Steven. Tell Slater I said, Waza. And we will be back with you after this. listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by carolina hardscapes making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace pool walkways fire pits or more then carolina hardscapes is the place to call get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes on fire tower road across from bostic sun furniture now back to the show Welcome back. Did you miss a show on Pirate Radio? You can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming 
by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archive. Speaking of our podcast, we've got uh, the Pirate Radio Podcast Players Lounge Editions coming up in just a couple of seconds here. Uh, we've got uh, ECU quarterback Holton Aylers and safety DJ Ford, followed by wide receivers CJ Johnson, Tyler Sneed, and running back Rajay Harris. That's all coming up next clip. Sounds awesome. If you missed it, make sure you check it out. Some great uh, conversations with the Pirate players. All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. Man, we, other than a very small amount of baseball talk and uh, some NASCAR talk with Weaver, exclusively football on today's show. It's going to be that way from now until the end of the calendar year and beyond. That is a beautiful thing, uh, including daily Bud Light ECU reports. Brought to you by Bud Light. Pick up Bud Light today at your favorite retailer, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, the official beer of the ECU Pirates. will have a Bud Light EC report on Wednesday with Bryce Williams and hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick, ECU offensive coordinator, what he had to say at practice earlier this week. Shirley Chandler, we will see you fine folks Wednesday, 3 o'clock for an all-new edition of Pirate Radio Live. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.